Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name's Kevin. And my name is Daniel. And this is episode 55. How are we alive, buddy? I don't even know. I'm barely hanging on. <laughs> That's the chipper <laughs> spirit that I like for these episodes. Now, if you didn't know or didn't care, which <laughs> the latter is more appropriate, the Save Room is brought to you by your two favorite saddest boys in the video game industry. We're so sad. So <laughs> sad, guys. <laughs> Bringing up those levels. Yeah. Now, you can find us on soundcloud.com slash the save room show or you can find us on spotify you can find us on itunes you can find us on Castbox. landed it landed, yeah, landed it, it landed it awesome and you can find us on stitcher as well i think there's one out oh google Fuck google me. play there you go and rss feeds everywhere absolutely yeah. we really appreciate if you guys evangelize for us we're very bad at yeah. doing that for ourselves uh rate us uh review us Tell your friends, or curse your friends is yeah. actually the, the right way to Just say it. Get up it. on that save room soapbox and let the world know. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Now, also, if you wanted to see us rating our peepers, you can find us at twitch.tv. Where can they find you streaming, my dog? They can find me over at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. Fuck yeah. Well, you've been playing uh, some Celeste, or what, what's going on? Actually, what, what's I, your I took the week off from streaming. I just had a, like, a, it's been a shitty week. I'm just <laughs> going to, like, be right out there in the open about it. I've had, like, really bad, like, anxiety and just bad mental health problems. So I didn't stream at all this week, but the last time I did, it was... Celeste on Tuesday, and then I did a variety stream on that following Saturday where I played the Tetris Effect, and I played... What else did I play? When you say variety stream, I just imagine you hosting like a variety show. Maybe you do some <laughs> games, some trivia. Yeah. <laughs> some I play giveaways. I play music. I do a little dance. Yeah, I like it. It's I like fucking it. great. It's like uh, what's that one variety show that everybody likes? The Dick Van Dyke Show? No, that's not right. Uh, the the Star Wars Holiday Special? No, we got it all wrong. No, <laughs> that yeah. is a, a crazy show. It's though. true. It's a good pull. Yeah. Now you can find me on twitch.tv slash the red herb. Recently, I've been playing that old Devil May Cry the Fifth. Um, it's fine. It's actually really disappointing to hear from you because I thought you were going to be super, super duper hyped about this game. It's fine. Yeah. I will tell you, it is definitely a game for the fans. Okay. But you are a fan. I am a fan of the best Devil May Cry, DMC Devil mm -hmm. May Cry, made by Ninja Theory. We deserve a sequel. I got a lot of questions for you, and I'm going to ask you at the back end of the episode because that's where we're going to get into no, it. We'll we talk about play. it. Overland. But I am very curious as to know why it's not <laughs> landing for you because I've heard nothing but like great praise across every media type every outlet that this game is perfect that it's the launching point for people who have never played it's the perfect entry point sure i agree yeah. i don't belong on this earth either yeah i, I get that <laughs> i know what you're trying to say yeah, yeah. <laughs> that i i don't i don't meet the uh the fan expectation i mm -hmm. guess i i don't listen, know what to tell you've you. always danced to a different beat listen man that mm -hmm. beat is a slapper now uh daniel i haven't seen you in a little while yeah and i figured out why uh, apparently i wasn't in the same fucking country no as you we were existing across different time zones it's true yeah. it is very true i was in ireland for an entire week mm -hmm. i went out there for work i also had some play time now i don't mean to disappoint the safe roommates out there video games were not a top priority i know i know i know you're looking yeah. at me funny saying that i well, know this is crazy because i thought you were going to be like locked in your hotel room like every night with your switch playing video games watching fucking pay-per-view tv or like you know getting room service but you're actually out there enjoying your life and living funny that right it's like, so weird the thing is my social anxiety wanted exactly that it wanted to strap me to a bed and keep me from going outside mm -hmm. but i told myself there's no fucking way that i'm going to another country and not you know experiencing that goddamn mm -hmm. country it's funny because i had to push you to go on that trip 
Yeah, you did. I really <laughs> did. I didn't want to go because I was just like, oh, I don't know. Like, my weekends are going to be spent up traveling. There's a lot of travel, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I had three flights each, going Jesus. there and going back. And, oh, my God, did they suck. However... I watch a lot of fucking movies. Mm-hmm. I watch so many movies on the flight. Did you know that Bumblebee is amazing? Yeah, I do, actually. Bum- Did you watch it? Yeah, I saw it on New Year's. Dude, it's like a Steven Spielberg movie. It's great. Oh, my God. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know, Daniel. <laughs> it's got some moments that are kind of like, mm, like I, I didn't really like the opening fight scene on uh, Cybertron. I was like, what's happening here? Why is it like this? But I, I think thought that the, was kind of dope, actually. Uh, it's I don't know. It reminded me a lot of like the uh, Michael Bay moments where like the action scenes are happening so fast and you can't get a scope of actually what's happening. You're like, there's action, but I can't process it right. Well, that was the hook, line, and sinker right there. They had to get like the other people that sure. made uh, the Transformers money. Sorry, the Transformers movie so much money. Yeah. And then they tricked you when like, this is actually a heart-to-heart kind of Mac and me yeah. <laughs> remake but, with like, the this, fucking Transformers. The stuff with like Haley Seinfeld and um, like yeah. Bumblebee on Earth. Like, that's some of the cool stuff. It was stuff, great. It was so. great. It was great. I watched that. I watched fucking First Man starring Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. I watched, I watched, uh, that was a great movie, by the way. Okay. Fucking intense. People were, a lot of people died to get us to the moon. Had no idea. Anyway, <laughs> uh, fucking watched the latest Mission Impossible. I think it was Fallout 76. What, what, what was it? Ooh. It was the one with Superman with the mustache face. <laughs> I think it's just called Fallout. It's just Fallout, yeah. right? Okay. There's no 76 on that No, one? it's not set in that universe at all. Weird. Yeah. No vaults were harmed in the making of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> no player fan base either (laughs) uh and then i actually had meals on a flight for the first time in my life okay and they're actually really good i got like a little chicken and gravy situation they came out with this like rice pudding thing that was just immaculate did you order any in-flight alcohol uh no okay I did not. I always want to do that on flights, but I feel so bad when I like. Well, I didn't have euros, and uh, my fucking wallet was up in my like carry like carry on up above, and I was middle road the yeah. every flight that I had. I was middle like middle seat. You which separate sucks. your wallet from your person when you travel. Yeah, it's hard to, to sit on, man. Okay. It's, it, you know, because it's on my ass. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. You know, I got a flat enough ass, so yeah. it, I really feel it. <laughs> okay, so you watched yeah. some movies. I'm sure that wasn't the best part of the trip. Like, hmm? so what are some of your what takeaways? Trip? Like, what did you really love about Ireland? Oh, Ireland, yeah, yeah the yeah, heartland. Yeah. So I also watched this movie. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you watched The Predator. <laughs> oh fuck, fuck, fuck! Don't don't remind me. Okay, that is one of the most atrocious films ever made. Okay. Anyway, Ireland. The weather was well. First of all, they go through like four different weather cycles in one day. Mm-hmm. Starts out rainy goes to windy as shit and then goes to perfect blue skies and then back to rainy. Oh, so it's just like Breath of the Wild. It, it what? <laughs> <laughs> and then um it was just interesting that you, there's a lot of history there. You know, the mm-hmm. Cork Ireland is where I went. The town was very kind of uh old school, had had kind of ancient architecture here and there like you could just feel the kind of history throughout and there's like a pub on every corner nice that's fucking amazing and the people that was the thing that struck me the most Mm -hmm. the people there were so cool and so welcoming and so fucking friendly like it took me off guard you know how they talk about the seattle freeze that shit's motherfucking real and i don't mean like oh you can't just get your dick wet with the people out here i'm saying that people just aren't friendly it's unlike anything I've ever encountered. Like, we grew up in Florida, so there's a lot of warmth there. Yeah, there's your fair share of assholes, but for the most part, people are pretty cool to talk to and pretty open. Yeah. You don't always get that in Seattle where you think you're going to get it. Yeah, you got a lot of open and free-minded people, but they don't always want to be approached. They don't want to be talked to. No, exactly. And it's like, I 
I've heard Europe is very known for its hospitality and how, like, you know, foregoing and awesome the people are. But I thought, like, they'd be kind of, like, a little standoffish to you being an American. But no? Not no, at all. not at all. They're, they're so, like, they're just like, you're American? we got to show you everything. So, oh, that's cool. So the team that we actually went out there for, for to work with, mm-hmm. we had one day where it was, like, we're not working. It's a day off. Um, they're like, we're going to take you around everywhere. They took us to this little town called Kinsale uh, that was like about 25 minutes away from Cork. Fucking beautiful place. Um, very old European towny, you mm-hmm. know, where it's like you can't have anything bigger than a Honda fucking fit oh. or your car will literally get stuck between two buildings. You'd be like perfect that kind there. of situation. I am perfect. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> then we went to the most amazing place we went to was Blarney Castle. Mm hmm. Blarney is like it had this big old kind of um, it's like a park almost. Okay. Uh, it's got rivers and streams, and there's this one manor where the people that own Blarney are like actually live in that manor. It it, it looks like old school fucking just European mansion that hmm. we went into. But the castle itself, which was born in the fourteen born, it was <laughs> made in the fourteen hundreds. Oh Jesus Christ! It was so cool, and the weather was perfect. So I ended up climbing that bitch mm-hmm. <laughs> and. I don't like heights. Oh, really? I'm not big on heights, dude. Okay. In fact, if you were asking me, like, hey, you want to go on a roller coaster? Like, my first instinct is to say no. And I even, like, had a moment where I was climbing these steps that got, like, you know, narrower and narrower as you went up. And mm-hmm. I just, like, stopped and was like, can I really go all the way up this? <laughs> and I was just like, well, fuck it. <laughs> if yeah. I die in a castle, that's better to put on a fucking headstone than, like, died playing Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So, <laughs> so I went all the way to the top and they had these little... um kind of archer holes uh there where what they do is it's a custom called kissing the blarney stone Mm -hmm. they put you on your back and like two guys will help you like hold you and you hold onto these railings that are like on the wall and Mm -hmm. you just kind of upside down hang your head through the hole and kiss the stone while you're upside down so you're like french kissing this blarney stone through a murder hole they clean it man it's fine and (laughs) and apparently it's supposed to give you the gift of gab yeah, okay. I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah heard yeah. of the gift of gab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, I, I, I feel like uh, I've been, I have it. It's in me. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it was really cool. It was a beautiful place, mm-hmm. and I, I miss it a lot. And it really sucks. I think I told you. I don't care if this doesn't make the podcast, but um, no, it'll make the podcast. As, oh fuck me! As soon as I got back. I remember having a meal in the airport. Like, I landed in San Francisco. First of all, I missed my flight because of customs. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, customs. And I had a meal, and I was just like, this tastes bland. It was like a chicken sandwich. Where I was like, dude, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Tried a beer. This sucks. I was having the most amazing Guinness every day of my life. Yeah, you told me that, and I was so jealous. Because Guinness, like, and stouts in general, those are my go-to beers. And I don't do no. uh, the darker beers. But when we went out there, it... It was unlike any Guinness I've ever tasted in my life, man. The I don't Blarney know. Stone changed you. The, bar- the Blarney Stone unlocked the true flavor <laughs> of the Guinness. <laughs> so I come back, I have a shitty beer, shitty sandwich, and then I finally fly home. And like, I didn't want to take an Uber straight from the airport because I was like, it's going to cost like 40 bucks. So mm-hmm. I was like, let me take the Link Rail like one stop to Tuckwillow. Yeah, I do that too. That's yeah, smart. Yeah, because it ended up being like 11 bucks, bucks for the Uber. But mm-hmm. there's this old guy. I'm thinking, like, I have one stop. I'm just going to stand rather than sit. This old guy gets on the fucking train or the the link rail, and he goes to sit down. But before he does, he sees, like, there's a coffee cup just kind of, like, on the ground. He mm-hmm. fucking kicks it backwards where, it, like, it hits my bag. <laughs> and I just look up at him, and I don't say anything, but I'm giving him, like, come on, like, that. what the fuck look. Yeah. And he goes and sits down, no problems, and then, like, maybe, like, five minutes into it, my dude stands up 
comes down and I have my headphones on. I didn't, I didn't hear him right away, Mm -hmm. but like I started to pull my headphone down and I hear him say, what is your queer ass too good to sit down? And then he just sits down somewhere else. The fuck? And I just thought to myself, I fucking did not want to come back to this country. Wow. I did not want to come back to Seattle. This whole place can fall into the fucking seas <laughs> and the world would be better for it. <laughs> okay? Wow. Well, That's I'm how sorry. I feel. I'm sorry that that guy came at you. He's probably <laughs> pissed about the weather. The fact that maybe Anthem bricked his PS4. That's probably yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, that sucks because like right. you had such a good time and the hospitality in Ireland sounds like it was amazing. Yeah. And to come back here, it probably is all very mediocre and subpar. By yeah, comparison. to almost, you know, hit an old man in the face yeah. being like my first experience back in the, uh, the Americas. <laughs> yeah, that'd been crazy if <laughs> you called issue, me yeah. like at like midnight you're like hey can you bail me out of jail i punched an old man yeah i punched he was a veteran oops (laughs) (laughs) they frown upon that around here Uh, well it's good to have you back hey man in the co-host it's good to be back it's good to be looking at your no it's not you don't need to lie you don't need to lie this is a safe haven (laughs) (laughs) i want to go back to fucking ireland dude. yeah i want to take you i want to go there Mm -hmm. i want to fucking stay there for like two weeks i want to see everything i want to go to we only went to cork Mm -hmm. i want to go to dublin would you ever consider moving there yeah oh wow okay yeah probably it's not that different in the women. Oh my goodness. Dude. <laughs> they make you weep. <laughs> Let's just say I uh, fell in love with a girl from Gal- Galway, all right? Oh my shillelagh. Oh my shillelagh. <laughs> did, did your team have a name? Were you guys called like the Corkers? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have a name and I can't say it on the podcast. Okay, fair, fair. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, stuff, yes. Probably. <laughs> Anywho... Let's just try to bury this pain of me wanting to go back to my... My green, luscious country. Mm. With some gamer news. Ooh. Huh? What? <laughs> you really want that to land as gamer news, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's news for gamers. Okay. If you're not a gamer, turn this off. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right. Number one on here, my friend. Actually, 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 we have a set amount of items. There are eight items on this motherfucker today. A baker's dozen. Don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> Kevin Coelho's going to smash through a wall and break your neck. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Number one, Sony isn't buying Take Two Interactive. Yeah, I I understand. A thing that isn't happening is news. Let's let's dive into yeah. this real quick. So apparently, Rockstar Games' parent company Take Two saw its stock price rise five percent last Wednesday. Why? Rumor had it that Sony was in advanced talks to buy up the company at $130 a share. I don't know how stocks work, but that sounds like a lot. That is a lot. That's a $13.7 billion acquisition, my, my dog. That's a hell of a buyout. Yeah, I know. But it turns out it's not fucking happening. A Sony spokesperson told VentureBeat, quote, We do not know where the rumor is coming from, but there's no such plan, end quote. So... Typically, big companies don't even, like, comment on rumors. Sony had to, like, walk in and be like, no, no, it's not happening. You know where this came from, by the way? Uh, There's a guy that works for, I think, uh, Wedbush or Webbush, some marketing firm, whatever. And he had a uh, little stock note that said that Take-Two, you know, there's some rumors of of the Sony buying them out, and that's it. He didn't even know where it came from, and people started sourcing him. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I forget what this guy's name is, uh, Joseph Molina or something like that. Not to be confused with Alfred Molina. Really killed it in Spider-Man 2. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Doc Ock. Yeah, but but talk to me. First of all, I love the fact that I was like, this is... This is not even like a rumor. Mm-hmm. It's like less than a rumor. It, it's it, it's almost like gossip at this point. Yeah. And people still fucking made a million and a half YouTube videos of like GTA is gonna be a PS5 exclusive. Like, come on. It was almost our first YouTube video. 
Yeah, that's true. But I had to stay my hand on it. (laughs) You're processing the video. (laughs) We we got the denial from Sony. What do you think about this? Like, for me, it's like no fucking way. Uh, Yeah, see um, item two on that article where it says, turns out it's not happening because it's not going to (laughs) happen, my my guys. They were talking about it on Kind of Funny Games Daily on um, Wednesday, uh, Greg Miller and Gary Witta, and I was just like, yeah, it's it's a crazy conflated idea, but there's no way that Take-Two is going to give themselves over to sony like that um we were talking about it before we sat down gta 5 has since sold more copies than there are ps4s to date like, yeah that game has sold over 100 million units and what they're like 90 something million uh, ps4s that have shipped so it doesn't play in take two's favor to lock themselves into a situation where they become sort of a sony exclusive they're making all the money they need to. They're very self-sustaining. Yeah, that's the whole fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> they do not need to become Sony's exclusive no. studio or company. No, that's not what's going to happen. Now, if they partnered and maybe there was a Sony exclusive that was born from this idea that maybe, you know, Take-Two's like, hey, we're going to maybe build an IP together and that'll be a Sony exclusive thing. Right. I think that's a cool idea. Now, let's, let, let, let's just say yeah. that there is some reality out there that Take-Two would allow Sony to buy him out. Sure. There I'm sure n- Doctor Strange imagined this possibility somewhere. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It was one of the scenarios, and he was like, this is a universe, everyone dies. <laughs> um, this is this is one of those things where they would not just say, oh, you're only going to develop for PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Like, look at Microsoft when they bought up Minecraft. They didn't suddenly say, we got to shut down the fucking uh, every version that isn't on Xbox. No, they didn't mm-hmm. do that. They they said, we're going to continue to support that. We just happen to own this IP now. You know, like that, that deal makes sense. Apparently, there was rumors back in the day of uh, Microsoft trying to buy Nintendo. Okay. And apparently that was an actual negotiation, but it didn't make sense because they're like, oh, wow. oh, well, now you need to exclusively make for Microsoft platforms. And Nintendo mm-hmm. was like, fuck and off. Yeah, I'm sure their Eastern fucking shareholders are like, no, fuck that shit. Yeah, they're Don't like, let that happen. They're like, why do you think that's going to happen? But the thing is, like, I feel like that's more likely for Microsoft, whereas, like, I feel like Sony is less likely to allow <laughs> exclusive games of theirs to be published on, like, Microsoft platforms or Nintendo yeah i they're very they keep their exclusives very close to the chest i feel like they would still kind of nurture it all in house and not let them mm-hmm. go to other consoles like that yeah but now that's not to say that there isn't that we haven't seen like consolidation within the industry mm-hmm. companies buying this and then you know even sure. microsoft taking up companies like um what are they called they're making the outer worlds uh, obsidian obsidian yeah. and you know like you see that kind of thing happening that makes more sense than fucking like one publisher buying out another publisher entirely and just yeah. saying, you need to get with our program. I, I don't see the benefit. Even from a financial standpoint, if I were Sony and did buy Take-Two, I would say, continue to do what you're doing. So am I to gather here that Take-Two is worth $13.7 billion? Um, Does Sony even have that kind of money? Does Sony have that kind of money? Yes. Yeah, they have they have billions of dollars. No, I'm, I'm sure, but like to... I would be worth it in the end because they yeah. would have all these IPs. They would have these 2K games. They basically have every fucking take two interactive game. Yeah. And they would make that back eventually. But it's just like, I don't know that they would ever do an acquisition like that. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't, I don't see this one. And also the person that was sourced, who sourced the mm-hmm. rumor said, no, this is bullshit too. Yeah. So how about we stop making fucking excited YouTube videos mm-hmm. about GTA 5 being a fucking exclusive. Right. But in this weird... Or six alternate dimension yep. what what would be a cool prospect oh that we, you would see coming from a, a sony acquisition of take two like what if there was ever a project or exclusive that could come out of that like what would you like a bioshock game exclusive to the playstation 
I want another Bioshock. I think it's high time for it. I think so, too. I, I don't know. I don't even think on that level of like, oh, that, that means it's going to mean this for certain IPs. Okay. They could obviously make deals without having to do a giant $13.7. Of course. A $13.7 billion acquisition in order to just be like, look, back in the day, Rockstar was developing an exclusive game for PlayStation called Agent. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of fell apart behind the scenes for one reason or another. I think they actually started shoring up on Red Dead, the original, more mm -hmm. so. And they're just like, eh, this ain't worth, this ain't worth the uh, input for it. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Because when I think of Take-Two Interactive, I really don't... I, I understand that they're the parent company. I just don't... I think of their catalog being so, like, fractured amongst, like, different companies where Rockstar has their own stable mm -hmm. and then 2K Games is yeah. kind of a different beast unto itself, too, that has been... Sometimes has, like, really big mega hits mm -hmm. and then the rest of the time struggles to kind of push their games forward. What Wasn't, like, Mafia 3 a take... Uh, or a 2K game? I remember that. Wasn't it? I think it was. Hold on, let me... I actually, think it was. Let me look up something real quick. I think so. So they have the Bioshock series... Did they have Borderlands? Yeah. Civilization, Grand Theft Auto, Mafia, Max Payne, Midnight Club, MLB 2K, NBA 2K, Red Dead, WWE 2K, and XCOM. Those are like their bigger franchises. Gotcha. Yeah. I want another. I want another Midnight Run. Okay. <laughs> very cool. badly. Hmm. Very very badly. Actually, we have not had a current generation Midnight Run. Do it, Rockstar. What the fuck? I don't care about any Take Two deal. I just, just make that game. Yeah, yeah. Make that fucking game. <laughs> but yeah, it's bullshit. Until it's not. Yeah. Number two, on here, Mr. Daniel, Anthem players staged a protest to make Bioware return the loot shower. Rain down on me. What is this one about? <laughs> I'm so confused. Well, it's not as sexual as you may think. Now, you may be asking yourself, what's a loot shower? <laughs> as any, it's my kink. As any thinking man may. <laughs> It's a bug in Anthem's drop rate for high-level loot that occurred after the game's day one patch went live. When Bioware fixed the generous bug, players became unhappy. Unhappy enough to stage a protest. <laughs> <laughs> Reddit user Afinda hmm. made a post under the Anthem thread that has seen over 13,000 upvotes. I think that's more than people that bought the game. Um, <laughs> the quote here is, protest to revert loot drop shit." Wow, that's a weird sentence, but they're essentially saying, protest, it's called action, to revert loot drop changes. Bring back the bug and let us taste the loot shower, end quote. What do you think it tastes like? Jesus Christ, I don't know, and I'm not excited to find out. A lot of grays um, and purples in there. It tastes like Gatorade rain. Mm. Um, the post encouraged players to stop playing Anthem for five straight days to make a point <laughs> i didn't need to stop playing for five days to make a point i just stopped <laughs> bioware says they're unhappy with the loot drop rate too and that quote they're looking at player feedback and game telemetry end quote in order to make improvements over time now that is a statement that's kind of causing some ire from fans they don't like the whole like what do you mean over time we told you mm -hmm. that this is good even though it's a bug, you should make it a feature. It's making us enjoy the game mm -hmm. because there's not much else here to enjoy. Yeah. And Bioware's like, oh, we really need to look at this. We, ne I don't know if that has to do with concerns of like the monetization of certain uh, aspects in the game versus what they consider their roadmap mm -hmm. that they keep on going on about, that every fucking live service game needs these. We need a roadmap, you know? Is this a game-breaking bug? Because it's like, my question is, 
okay, so you're a level 12 player, right? Mm. And this loot shower happens. You're like, oh, yes, give me the fucking rainbow. I want to taste these loots. God. Are you getting loot drops from all over the place? Like, are you getting, like, level 12 drops, level 13? Are you getting fucking level 20 drops on top of that? Like, what is the range of the drops? They were uh, Players were getting, like, legendary items, and I... I forget what the... Is there a tier above Legendary? I haven't seen it. I actually have never gotten a Legendary fucking item in this either, game, and I'm so. level, like, 20-something. Mm. It's... it's. I agree. It's kind of ridiculous. I don't feel like I'm being rewarded as much as some other games of its ilk. Destiny? Destiny was so rewarding with everything you did. It's true. Yeah. Destiny 2 apparently had a big problem with loot drops, too, that they had to, like rethink and manage over the course of an entire year okay. as well and i think that more affected high level players because you need like better and better gear in order to do like you know mm-hmm. the ultra instinct fucking what is it the night raids i forget what it was i've been i've been away from destiny it's so been long. too long it's a yeah. different it's a different world it's gone yeah. but this game it's, it just seems like uh, the story is very similar to one that we've talked about before on the show to uh bethesda's fallout 76 where it is it's a botch launch mm-hmm. it's a botch launch man i don't know if you feel the same that's a botch launch i think it's a botch launch i don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be i think there are some things that are happening that are pretty like eye-opening like uh, yeah. the fact that like there have been instances where there have been game breaking bugs and bugs that have been so bad that it, like people's ps4s have been bricking yeah jesus uh, christ i mean i you can actually like they're it's not irreversible like you can you know revert your playstation back to its previous state and you know restore it and rebuild the database and all that but it's just like the fact that oh, that's good. happening at all is kind of crazy <laughs> let me tell you what if bioware fried my fucking ps4 they're going to pay for it yeah <laughs> they are gonna give me a, like a new ps4 but like bugs aside like i don't think this is the worst launch we've ever seen no not no i think 76 was was a bit worse mm-hmm. i do think that there's there's a core game there that works but what i'm really really fucking sick of is having to say like oh it holds a, a lot of promise at launch but we have to see how it does over the course of the year mm-hmm. no motherfucker could you imagine if god of war came out and you're just like man there's a lot of promise here but we're gonna wait and see there's nothing to wait and see that's the game yeah that's that that is the game i mean that's the big difference between a complete single player package and a game of service i know? mean like <sighs> The first impressions are everything. Of course. You know? So if you get a game that leaves a very bad first impression, a lot of players are not going to give a shit that you fixed it six months down the road. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be re-onboarded. You've lost them. You've already broken their trust. So that's why it's so important to make that first impression matter, even if it's like, okay, the content's not there. Uh, perfect example. Division. Okay. A lot of people complained about, like, eh, once you get to the end game, there isn't a lot there. But honestly, the core game is so very good. And a lot of what you do is so cool that we're like, we're not too fucked up about it. Mm-hmm. This is a different circumstance. Yeah. This game ain't working out of the box for a lot of people out there. That can't keep happening. No, not at all. We're going to get into a little more. I'm kind of saving a lot yeah. of my thoughts because I, I've been playing Anthem. I probably put about like 10 to 15 hours into it while you were gone and i've enjoyed my time with it for the most part so i don't mm-hmm. have as like negative thoughts about it as as many negative thoughts about it as i could but i definitely have some criticisms as much as i have praise for it so i feel you yeah. i feel you but i also feel like what's happening right now is is not a good look for the no. company not a good look for bioware and i'm sure they they are roughing it well, i've seen i've seen some of their teammates uh go on twitter actually mike gamble like hid from twitter for like a month oh wow <laughs> and he just recently got back and he's like hey i've been off for you know obvious reasons mm-hmm. and stuff and people are like no no you know it was cool to see people be supportive and like we understand yeah. and then you get a few people that come in there with some punches though well it sucks that people just don't 
keep you got to keep in mind that people make these games and it's hard to like maintain and do and like i'm sure they didn't want to push this game out when they did we talked about it last time you were like yeah ea was probably pushing this game out the gate before probably, it was ready yeah. and that is not bioware's fault and they have to deal with those repercussions and it sucks uh, i don't think these people deserve the sort of flack they get on social media because it's not like they wanted to do it like this you know this isn't the game they wanted people to have you know they're yeah. working to make that happen that's why they have these uh, year-long roadmaps and these plans. Um, it's just, by contrast, though, we are getting Division 2, which I'm sure is going to launch as more of a complete package. Has launched as a yeah. more complete package. Yeah, it came out... I'm hearing with, nothing but good things. Yeah, it came out this week. Yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm hearing nothing but good things about that game. So that's not... That's also not mm-hmm. a good thing for Anthem. Anthem was supposed to be, like, one of the most anticipated, if not the yeah. most anticipated launch this year. And it didn't go well. I don't know if it's just because like Ubisoft has more skin in the game and more experience mm-hmm. as a sort of multiplayer game of service um, developer and, and publisher, whereas like Bioware's kind of new to that, you know? Yeah, maybe. That could play a part of it. I mean, Ubisoft does have uh, 14,000 fucking teams, mm-hmm. and they have like no less than a billion and a half people working on a single project yeah. to like kind of move in a certain direction. It's amazing that the, the their games don't come out fractured and caustic, that actually come out like polished. I so. mean, sorry, Assassin's Creed, but not all those games have come out perfect. Ah, uh, we're back to Unity, huh? Uh, you know what? I heard that game's worth going back to these days. Sure. Come on, sure, man. Sure, sure, sure. Come on, man. Speaking of EA, number three on here is that EA reportedly paid Ninja $1 million to play Apex Legends. Hot damn, he's in that game. Jesus Christ, man. Holy shit. Yeah, I just downloaded it for free. I didn't know we were uh, giving out some bonuses for oh, it. Fuck. Here's the facts. Engadget reports that EA dished out some cash to get the world's top streamers to play Apex Legends on February 5th, just after its launch. But everyone's favorite streamer, Tyler Blevins, also known as Ninja, may have seen a million dollar chicken dinner just for promoting the game. He didn't even have to play it all day, apparently. They said like anything after midday was just like organic play. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you got paid a million dollars to play like for a couple hours. That's fucking insane. <laughs> Ninja himself told CNN last year that he averages about $500,000 a month across Twitch, YouTube, and his sponsorships. So in one fucking Twitch stream, he made twice his monthly revenue. I'm just flabbergasted. I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to I don't do, know what to do with this information. Um, I, I know a lot of people on Twitter have been kind of pissed about this, where they're like, yeah, Ninja, you know, he's a great streamer, great personality in, in some regards, but that's a million dollars that probably should have gone to the devs and the people who worked on the game. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that yeah. for sure. I've seen that argument. Now, for me, I get it. This is following the model that, like, say, shoe sponsorships do, you know, where it's like, we definitely want to get uh, Jordan in our pair of Nikes mm-hmm. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like you, you want know? Sonic in a pair of soaps, because that's how you sell shoes. Why are you like this? <laughs> I don't know. I just am the way that I am. <laughs> Why are we here and so sponsorship deals they're a couple of mil baby boy mm-hmm. and if ninja has that level of engagement and that much exposure yeah that's probably the right price tag for it mm-hmm. now on the other hand it does raise a few questions were you aware that ninja was paid a million dollars when he streamed well first of all none of us neither of us would be aware whenever he streams we don't give a shit i really don't care about I, ninja I at all actually ninja um so i didn't even know he was playing apex legends i figured he was suffering the same thing that most twitch streamers were who jumped from fortnite to apex where their <laughs> fan base was probably protesting them um, yeah started a fucking twitch civil war <laughs> yeah so no i had no yeah. idea that he was streaming this at gotcha all. so that's kind of the the rub mm-hmm. is that a lot of influencers aren't disclosing sponsorship mm-hmm. deals 
mm. or when that you know a publisher is paying them for FaceTime on their hottest and latest game. Yeah, and that is let uh, a problem. <laughs> well, I always That's give it to kind of funny um, for being kind of very upfront, very transparent Correct. about everything, disclosing when they have when they've done a deal, when they've streamed something for money, when they have an ad endorsement, when somebody on their team has worked on something, so on and so forth. I mm-hmm. like that because it's like, well, then I know the conversation is being, the conversation that's being had is an honest one, and I know what's going on there. And so. what, what's the funny thing about that is, <laughs> kind of funny, is that Greg Miller, he comes from IGN, he comes mm-hmm. from a place, uh, he actually has a journalism degree, mm-hmm. and disclosing such things like that, and making it clear what is the divide between the marketing team at IGN and what is the editorial do- team doing, mm-hmm. they've always said that marketing doesn't influence our reviews or what content mm-hmm. we put out we still do our thing and that's a divide that occurs in most like publications like yeah. newspapers and such and that's something that people think is murky or shady and that's why they come at journalists so sure. hard because they're like no you're getting paid off from publishers how come i'm seeing ads for the game that you fucking gave like a, a 9.2 on mm-hmm. how am i supposed to believe you and it's like that's just the nature of it baby yeah. that's how it is i understand it's a little scummy and that's why you see people like jim sterling go I don't want to do the whole media thing that, that is supported by advertisements. Mm-hmm. I want to make my own content and Patreon stuff, and I respect that. That's yeah. admirable. But that doesn't mean companies like IGN aren't disclosing this information. Influencers are another thing entirely, where a lot of them are coming out of well, nowhere. They're our story. Mm-hmm. We're just a couple of dudes mm-hmm. that like video games and want to stream them. And so they don't have that rubric or those guidelines to kind of say, hey, if I'm getting paid, you know, a couple thousand dollars, or in some cases, a couple fucking million mm-hmm. to stream a game, I need to disclose this and let people know that this is a hashtag ad, mm-hmm. essentially. And that distinction is becoming kind of blurry. So I think it's just kind of funny that we come after uh, printed media and online media and don't take a closer look at our YouTubers and Twitch Mm -hmm. streamers in this way. I think it's a very worthwhile thing to know that Ninja was paid off. (laughs) No, I I think so, too. And I don't know if it's just the nature of like um, video platforms like a la YouTube or Twitch for these people to be like, well, we get our money from ad revenue and this and that or donations. Like, well, we don't always feel like we have to disclose it. It's just given to us. Nah. I think it's just like the take for granted nature of it. But it's also like, no, we should know. Like it, I want to know if like you being paid off is influencing the way you're approaching this game or the way you're pushing it onto us. If you, it influences the level of fun you're having, you know, if you're having a genuine time with this game that like as influencers, even with us, like we buy all our games, you know, we put our time and effort it's into it. and whether we yep. like a game or not you guys will know honestly and it gets to the point where p- if people start you know paying us or sending us review copies of this and that there will be that disclosure hint where, where you'll know <laughs> where we come from with it but even still i feel like you kind of owe it to your audience this audience that has made you what you are to just give them that it's, it's like a, a one-line throwaway hey i'm being paid to do this stream it's about trust it's yeah it's not that big of a deal it's absolutely about trust yeah. and i yeah so when i hear shit like that where it's like hey yeah, you, you need to kind of call out that what this is. Mm-hmm. Okay? Well, that's it. Apex is... It's crazy to me. We didn't get to talk about this because um, mm. you were gone, but so far they've hit, I think, what, 50 million concurrent players? God damn. That's insane. Um, I got to wonder if like this, if it's ever going to plateau and drop, if we're going to see it within the next few months. I uh, don't know. I, I don't know. I, I It's certainly riding a wave right it now. Is. Um, if I think Respawn is a smart enough developer to figure out how to keep that momentum going. Mm-hmm. I think they have a lot of skin in the game. I mean... <laughs> 
they're made up of members that created Call of Duty. Mm. Like, they kind of know how to make a good game. Sure. So if they can continue to kind of not just replicate things that, like, you know, Fortnite does with its constant updates and season mm. shit, but figure out a way to really grab people in, yeah, I, I think that we're going to see some longevity out of this game yeah. for sure. Now, I think it's uh, it, it's interesting. I, I never expected that, you know, for you and me that... We would just uh, stop playing it. <laughs> you didn't think we'd stop playing Apex? No, I, I was trying to go with a joke there. Yeah. And then it floundered because I was just thinking of having a, a Guinness again. Mm. This episode is sponsored by Guinness. Ireland's come. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew it would happen. Yeah. We kind of dropped off with uh, Apex Legends. I don't see a big reason for me to get back into it uh i'm not really down in battle royales That's yeah it. that is what it is i know they have plans to put in a new character i know the battle pass is coming soon i know they're playing like events and stuff like that but i don't know that it's enough to like get me like to play it like every day you know i'll peek in and out with it because like i kind of mood gamer you know i if i want to play it i'll play it that's about it yeah that's kind yeah. of it too hey i'm glad that people you know it struck a match with yeah. with people out there they're playing it every fucking day they're mm-hmm. talking about it they're squatting up I, I love it they're pinging each other up in the ass i that's great man do your thing out ping there ping me in the ass I ping me it. in the ass ping y'all. this dick like i'm not gonna get mad at that but uh number four on here my friend sega halt sales of judge eyes in japan judge this is an unmitigated disaster daniel uh yeah actually I've wanted this game. I've needed this game. And you're telling me it got fucked up just because of the devil's snow? <laughs> the reason why this happened, too, is so crazy. Because it wouldn't necessarily happen in America. But it's definitely like uh, interesting to see the cultural difference here. Let, let's talk about the cultural difference here. Yeah. So here's what happened. Actor Pierre Taki uh, lends his voice and likeness to a supporting character in Judge Eyes, which mm-hmm. is also known as Judgment in the West. A worse title, but that's what it is. It is the newest crime thriller from the team that made Yakuza. The rub here is that Taki was arrested for alleged cocaine use, which he tested positive for after a urinalysis. Tell me he's doing the China White? (laughs) (laughs) No, Taki, no! Uh, How many other uh, (laughs) euphemisms do we have for cocaine on this episode? (laughs) Listen, I know some cocaine euphemisms. (laughs) Anyway, in response, Sega has pulled judgment from digital and physical stores and has even been deleting tweets promoting the game. The title's Western release... It's still up in the air. Now, if you're kind of confused, and we were confused about this, Japan actually has a stringent zero-tolerance policy for drug abuse, and even an allegation can ruin an entertainer's career. Just profiting from a product that relates to real-world drug usage incurs enough shame in Japan to force a corporation's hand, which has occurred here. Actually, uh, Yakuza 5, I believe, saw a similar instance where they completely replaced an actor because he also ran into some... uh, cocaina problems mm. mm-hmm. what what's your beat on this my friend what that our our boy pierre was indulging in the coke the blow the big c the dust the line the rail the snow the powder <laughs> the stash the pearl the bump let the man live his life he was all off for christ's sake that puts you in places <laughs> it wasn't the snow it wasn't the snow when he said let it snow talkie was thinking about something else man no. Oh, that's the other thing. Uh, so if you don't know what we're talking about, he plays Olaf in Frozen yeah. in the Japanese version and also in Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, mm-hmm. Taki does. Apparently, Disney is going to replace him in Frozen 2 in Japan, and they're also trying to replace his voice actor in Kingdom Hearts 3. Patch his ass out. Holy shit, I didn't yeah. know it was that big of a fucking deal. Yeah, I didn't know it was either. Um, so this, you want to know my take. Like, it's just... Yeah. Um, 
the cultural difference here is is just crazy to to know the things that all be okay in japan and the things that are just like no you've dishonored us you've dishonored yourself like mm-hmm. you do not deserve to be part of this product i didn't realize that drug use was shamed upon so so um harshly over there oh yeah apparently yeah. uh their their uh, policy is called draconian in nature mm-hmm. uh i've read stories actually kotaku had a really good uh article kind of explaining the history of like drug culture there mm-hmm. uh pot is pretty frowned upon but not as not as much they're starting to kind of ease up on that but mm. definitely harder drugs even to the point where there's a teacher teaching english out there mm. very famously got arrested because she had a uh, prescription adderall sent to her and apparently adderall is completely illegal in japan so they fucking booked her for 18 days the u.s embassy had to get involved and be like yo you need Holy to shit. dial back on this shit yeah there's some entertainers that like, their career is gone yeah absolutely gone they're talking about this one singer who hasn't been on tv for 11 fucking years she's supposed to make her comeback now apparently if they like your shit enough they're willing to forgive you but time is needed from any circumstance like this so taki you may not hear from this guy for no. 12 years well here's the thing just exile him to america we'll give him a second life here hell yeah son <laughs> listen man that's actually a job requisite to be in fucking hollywood <laughs> Hey, uh, do you get nosebleeds sometime because your septum's opened up like a fucking tunnel? Yeah, come on, let's uh, <laughs> let, let's get you let's get you in the recording booth there, Taki. <laughs> oh my god! No, it um it sucks for people who were really looking forward to the game because it's it's halting like digital and physical sales, mm-hmm. um, not just in Japan here. That's as the crazy well. thing. The game already came out in Japan, yeah. and they were just like, nope, pull it, pull yeah. it. Pull That's it. insane. <laughs> That's I don't. I can't me, remember yeah. anything like that. That's happened recently. No, only with, like, Walking Dead was the only thing where I was like, oh, they started mm. pulling the game from digital storefronts, not because somebody had, uh, you know, a little bit of a milk mustache underneath their nose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think an entire uh, company d- being disclosed, or sorry, an entire company shutting down and being liquidated is definitely different than this. <laughs> yes, but... it's a lot different, and yet the response is as vitriolic and gigantic. It's an over-response, yeah. but that's that's a huge cultural difference, you know? Like, that that's just how it is out there, and I'm yeah. just especially the subject matter i'm like really it's about like gangsters and everything like i don't understand so are there is there no reference to drug usage in any japanese game am i like missing something here there definitely is yeah i I don't under i don't understand actually i mean hey uh, write in uh, we have a twitter at save room show give us every japanese video game with hard drug usage yeah and we'll play it (laughs) we will play it we will do a fucking endless stream We'll disclose. Nobody paid us money, but we're probably jacked up on caffeine in the least. We lost money on that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What's, do you have any takes on it? My take is I really want to play Judgment. Yeah. Um. I hope it doesn't prevent it being released in the West in any any manner or form. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's going to be any different. Is it, are they going to be? Is it going to be frowned upon? Because obviously we're going to have like you know uh english voice actors for the character of course this dude's likeness too like oh i don't know are we gonna have to wait for them to entirely patch his ass out that's a lot of work yeah i'm sorry a white dude in the yakuza is gonna stand out very much like a sore thumb what do you (laughs) if they they fucking like do a different sort of uh mo-capping or whatever oh just put a white yeah they're gonna put a white dude in there they're gonna put another (laughs) japanese actor in there what do you (laughs) fucking ryan gosling's (laughs) in the background of judgment 
Listen, he's in everything else. Oh, number five is a quick one on here, my friend. A bloody Palace Mode is coming to Devil May Cry 5 for free on April 1st. No joke. Um, no joke, motherfucker. <laughs> it was a... I think. Oh, damn, what was the first game to have Bloody Palace? I think it was part three. And it's been a series mainstay. Uh, a lot of people were kind of upset that it wasn't like on disc but you know capcom immediately promised no 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 no. it's gonna be there it's gonna mm-hmm. be there and i see it being pretty cool because you can play as different characters uh from the main game and kind of go through like it's it's the horde mode of double okay that's what i was gonna ask yeah what yeah. is bloody palace yeah you're looking you're like what the fuck is bloody yeah. Palace? no it's like it's like their horde mode where okay. you go through uh typically it's supposed to be like 99 levels of enemies holy shit it is just monster rooms man. It's so japanese oh it's so fun too <laughs> holy shit they had it in dmc double may cry and that shit was amazing man anyway I just wanted to shout that out. We'll talk about Devil May Cry at the end of the episode, okay? Do they have um no. sort of a year plan with Devil May Cry in terms of like content, or is there like a, a DLC plan with that? Not that I've paid attention okay. to, to be honest with you. I haven't heard anything like, oh, there's going to be extra story content and this and that. Traditionally, they've done like a special edition version of the Devil May Cry games. Like okay. 3 and 4 had that, and 4 special edition actually came out way after the fact when they pointed it over to current gen consoles okay um but it allowed like you to play as extra characters and stuff and you know there's characters like lady and trish i know you don't know who these people are no i, I sat down <laughs> with you for like 30 minutes and watched you play through some of v's segments and then dante's and i was like i don't know any of these people i don't know what's happening god v is trash yeah. we'll get to it we'll get yeah, to yeah, it yeah. all right uh, what's number six on here, my friend? Number six on here, one that's got me very percolated, is The Ooh. Messenger is coming to PS4 Ooh. on March 19th. You've been waiting for this on, I really on have. PS4. I yeah. mean, I've been eyeing it on the, on the Switch store like pretty frequently. I'm like, do I want it here? And I'm like, no, it'll come to the PlayStation eventually. And I think like every other week I look it up. I look it up either on like the PlayStation store or on my phone. I'm like, when is it coming? And it just kind of got a uh, mention on the PlayStation blog this past week, and I'm excited. Well, talk to me why you've been, you've waited for it on PS4 in particular. Um, I think it's just the way that I like to engage with those styles of games, uh, Metroidvanias or platformers in, in particular. Uh-huh. I really like to play those games and stream them, and I can't do that natively on the Switch because I don't have a capture device or anything like that. And I also like the design of the DualShock 4 a lot more for games like that. I think it just feels a lot more comfortable. And especially how demanding those games are on my thumbs, I'd rather play it on the DualShock. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. I remember I uh, we talked about it. I picked up Hollow Knight for the Switch, and I was like, this is an amazing game. Mm-hmm. But when it came out for PS4, I spent way yeah. more time on that version because I was like, I'm more comfortable with uh, the D-pad mm-hmm. on the DualShock and all that shit. Because yeah. I only D-pad my Metroidvanias, baby. Dude. Oh, yeah. I love deep padding my You're going to get that deep D when I'm playing a Metroidvania. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go hard on this one. Oh, yeah. This is going to go all sorts of bit. 8, 16, 32. I'm going to lose my bits to this game. Oh, Lord. I get crass. God. So- bits to bits. <laughs> so this one's coming to us from Martin Broward of the PlayStation blog. Broward? I don't know if I got that right. Broward? I think it's Canadian. Broward? 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 Let me look at this. Uh, yeah. Throwback Ninja Platformer The Messenger arrives on PS4 March 19th. Uh, when Sabotage creative director Theory Bollinger was eight years old, his grandfather gave him a copy of Ninja Gaiden 2. This event sparked <laughs> a lifelong interest in telling stories and creating his own dream video game. About 25 years later, The Messenger, an 8-bit ninja platformer that blossoms into a 16-bit Metroidvania, was released to critical acclaim, earned the Game Award for Best Debut Indie Game of 2018, and was even praised by the Ninja Gaiden creators themselves. In The Messenger, players take the role of a young ninja tasked with carrying a magic scroll across a cursed world in order to save his clan besieged by a demon army 
While on the surface, the Messenger might look like a simple homage to the classic platformers, you'll discover quickly that the game plays with your expectations to surprise you with its modern game design approach, clever writing, and super tight controls. The cast of its memorable characters, as well as its fourth wall and the inclusion of a few new mechanics from other game genres, also contribute in making the Messenger a truly unique gaming experience. Ever since the Messenger was announced, fans have been asking us to bring it to PS4. Well, the wait is over, and we are very excited that the PlayStation family can carry the scroll and do the thing with a DualShock controller starting March 19th. But that's not all. This, they know what's up. This summer, the story of the Messenger will take an unexpected turn with the release of a free expansion titled Picnic Panic. So this is really, really exciting for me, because um, I've been eyeing the Messenger for like the last few months. Yeah, I've been um, hearing about it from you, man. I've been hearing from a lot of people. I watched... Um, Andy Cortez of Kind of Funny over at Nitro. Oh, Nitro Rifle? Yeah, good old Nitro Rifle. I watched him stream a bunch of it um, back in, I don't even remember when it was, but like the gameplay looks right up my alley in terms of platforming and combat and just that sort of Metroidvania stuff that really gets its teeth in it. Yeah, for sure. Did you play any of the original Ninja Gaidens? Yes. Really? Which one? Ninja Gaiden 1, actually. Really? Yeah. I actually, while you were gone, I actually got the uh, Nintendo Online. Yeah, you did. And I was playing a bit of Ninja Gaiden. Nice. It's it's cool. It's cool. So I can definitely see where that game has its DNA in this one, for sure. Right. And I think the... The, the twist, if you will, from it going from 8-bit to 16-bit is really cool. Spoiler, apparently. Yeah, whatever. It's kind of advertised, the though. feature. Yeah, it's a feature. But <laughs> yeah. no, I'm, I'm super hyped on it. I don't know what the price point's going to be. I think it's a $20 game, though. That's about right. Yeah. Um, but I got hard into the soundtrack a few months ago, I think back in January, um, I think by Rainbow Dragon Eyes. Oh, um, I've never heard of them. Yeah, there's... Um, an A side of the album where it's all the 8-bit tracks and then when you go into the 16-bit tracks it's basically recontextualized like he redid all the the um, sounds in like oh, you know the 16-bit that's uh, some raw emulation. shit right yeah, yeah. there man it's cool hey yeah. I'm into that yeah I want to check that out are you going to get it's going to be digital right probably you should get a physical so i can play it well they'll probably do what they've done with most of them where they have like the digital copy initially and then they'll do a rollout where there's a physical copy yeah wait for some that. special stuff wait for that so kevin yeah play. so that comes out tuesday i'm probably gonna play it probably gonna stream it we'll ah, see fuck. we'll see you're gonna download listen it. you fucking <laughs> digitally download dmc5 and i wanted to play that game I love it. Like in this household, it is a betrayal to download a game versus getting a physical copy. Because <laughs> yeah, we can't. I couldn't get a physical copy in DMC Five. I know. And these motherfuckers at games, so I'm like, should have pre-ordered. And I was like, you're gonna be out of business in a month. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. Next one on here, we got a number seven on here. Days gone has gone gold. <gasps> this is from Eddie McCutch over at GameSpot. Eddie. Eddie. Oh, good Venom pull, brother. <laughs> uh, after years of development, Sony Ben has completed production of the new PS4 exclusive zombie game, Days Gone. In a post on Twitter, Sony Ben confirmed that the game had reached gold status, meaning the team has finished development of the project. Sony Ben took to Twitter with an image of the team and this message. Our team has done it. Hashtag Days Gone has gone gold. It's been quite the ride, and we can't wait for you to experience our game on April 26th. Damn, 26th? Yes. I didn't, that's like a week after my birthday. Yeah, man. We'll get it for you. Only digitally, though. Yeah, a oh, fuck! Betrayal! <laughs> Betrayal. Days Gone puts you in the boots of a biker named Deacon St. John, a bounty hunter who travels around on the apocalypse on his bike. Oh. <laughs> That's a weird one. On his bike? <laughs> no, sorry, I was reading the sentence. It just came Did you not it. know the plot of this game? <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> sorry, a bounty hunter who travels around the apocalypse. No, it still reads the same way. Whatever. He fights against zombie-like creatures. What? So his freakers. He's like the paper boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
my god. He fights against zombie-like creatures known as Freakers, among other enemies. Yeah, I love it. It's like, they're not zombies. They're zombies. Yeah. They're zombies. I don't care if you call them a Freaker or a Fucker. They're zombies. They're fucking zombies. They have zombie <laughs> DNA. They fuck like zombies. They kill like zombies. What do you beat on this, man? Um, I was cold on Days Gone like a month ago. And it was probably, while you're gone, actually, a lot of the first reviews came out because the mm-hmm. um, embargo lifted and people started talking about their time with it. Andrew, Renee, Greg Miller, the people who had like the first like five hours hands on with it have been saying rave things about it. And I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. Any Sony exclusive that comes around is going to have my attention in one way or another, but I didn't expect this one to because z- the zombie genre, it's kind of oversaturated. I'm like, what are you going to do for me that The Last of Us 2 isn't going to do better? Mm. Um, but I'm hearing that the Those narr- are clickers. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, they're because yeah. they're, they're, they're cl- yeah. they click. They're clickers. They're not ramblers. Don't confuse them with a zombie because yeah, it, it's the clicking that yeah. really just <laughs> it sets them apart for sure. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, but to, to hear that there's actually a very strong mm. narrative there that is emblematic yeah. of like the Sony experience the fact that like the cutscenes and cinematics are actually like really well done and the world is very well realized you know i'm there for my sam witwer action mm. you know i love me some sam i love some wit and i like that were dude I, I mean i'm hearing it's like fucking both triple a the game and then like sons of anarchy with zombies honestly that's a great sales pitch yeah. it, it, <laughs> it sounds like a stephen king like novella mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, i'm into it yeah i remember being very just like you very cold on it because i was like how is this really going to distinguish itself from like what last of us is doing and mm-hmm. i think it, it's a very different well, first of all it's open world last yes. of us has never been open world no people are like yeah last of us is an open world game i'm like no it's not yeah. no we, it's fucking not and we've seen some things that are <laughs> super impressive like the amount of zombies that could be on the screen the mm-hmm. way that they do the world war z kind of like an, an, a school of dead fish mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially coming at you that's really cool yeah. i was just wondering like so but what is the real core to this but playing as a bounty hunter yeah, that sounds pretty yeah. fucking dope. I hear the gameplay is very, very tense, and you really have to kind of um, plan your movements accordingly because, like, you navigate the world on your motorcycle, and that's bound to attract, like, these hordes of enemies. Mm-hmm. So a lot of situations you have to, like, kind of decidedly go and, like, okay, am I going to hit this stealth? You also have, like, pl- like human enemies you come across, too. And apparently, whether it's the freakers or the humans, when they come at you, they come at you hard. Mm-hmm. So you have to, like, very decidedly pick them off one by one or, like, stealthily sneak around them so interesting i mean it's got it's got some survival elements to it is there newer gameplay video like actual gameplay stuff out now there there might be i haven't seen anything from it i'm gonna check it out yeah i i mean it's a sony exclusive i'm probably gonna pick it up Mm -hmm. actually let me pulse check on that it's a video game i'm probably gonna pick it up (laughs) yeah uh i will say by the way we didn't we didn't mention this but apparently turtle rock studios is trying to make a successor to left for dead Speaking of zombies, it's called Back for Blood. With the same four. <laughs> Talk about derivative. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they, they have nothing to show. They have nothing at all. They're just like, hey, we're trying to do this independently. Mm-hmm. And we need to get as much help on board early on as possible. But I'm actually pretty excited at that prospect because Valve has dropped the ball about making a new yeah. Left 4 Dead. I don't think they're interested in making video games or empathy <laughs> yeah <laughs> or anything <laughs> it goes to reason that they're probably not going to publish that game yeah it goes to reason that valve's gonna have nothing to do with uh well, well fuck dude they had to call it back for blood <laughs> oh that's fair. that's fair so i'm interested in that one i just wanted to give it a quick call out but... yeah i do too i mean the game space has been missing that sort of four-player yes. asymmetric zombie experience yes. left for dead was so good and so special and it's like the reason why i keep thinking about it's because like no game has landed like that for me like left no. for dead has 
Now, dude, yeah. it, it got people together the right way, and the gameplay was simple but satisfying. That's mm-hmm. the problem. I think that's where Turtle Rock kind of fucked up mm-hmm. with Evolve. Evolve, I think it's a sound game by itself, but it is such a... It's a it's a tough sell, yeah. you know. It's like, oh yeah, it's it's these. What do you call it again? Bilateral multiplayer, uh, where it's like one person's one thing and the rest are a different team. What what, what is it? Asynchronous, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Word word words. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that 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 was a tough sell for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the marketing push around it kind of sucked too with how they did season pass rollouts and stuff. So I'm okay. glad to see Turtle Rock is doing their own thing. Like off to the side and saying let's reconfigure where our true success was i'm interested to see how they're going to go about funding it if it's going to be like crowdfunded or they're going to do it all independently if they're going to get a major backer to come and help yeah if they're going to get a publisher or something like that or if it's going to take this like kind of games as service approach like maybe maybe it launches with like one map right and then over time like through funding or battle maps maybe they can add more maps more content yeah what what if they do the apex legends route and go like hey here's that one map for free but like if you want extra characters and shit you're gonna have to get the season i would buy that i would i I don't necessarily want to see it because i like um i want to see you oh i'm here (gasps) i'm here you don't have to go to ireland to to miss me ireland yeah ireland Mm -hmm. um but i i don't know turtle rock doesn't strike me as the sort of company that would put out a half-baked game uh, especially with how complete left for dead has been it's always come out with a narrative and there's like a story to it and i mean granted the story is not why people play it but like it's there it creates a backdrop for the whole experience but if you don't have the funding, then they might have to take another approach for it. Well, it's early days yet because they didn't even have anything to yeah, show. Yeah, so, so I think they're just announcing it early because they're mm-hmm. like, we literally need to get people to help us work yeah. on this game, not just yeah. funding. That's true. Like we, that's what they said. They were like, no, 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 no. Get on board, baby. Listen, if I had a Left 4 Dead successor in my pocket, I'd want to blow that load everywhere. I'd want people to know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you want people to know about your load blowing? Sure oh wow yeah you're like a fucking sprinkler it comes <laughs> what's the next one <laughs> talk about a load that i'm just not sure about um, you ever had a load that you just weren't confident in I'm just i'm not really sure where this load's gonna go but i know it's gonna get some spray and it's gonna be visceral and it's might, gonna be something might get in your hair it might get in your eye i don't know yeah it might change me God, number no, eight no, on no, here <laughs> number eight hideo kojima's greatest enigma death stranding has been delayed from when to when? For, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, you gotta announce X before you say it's delayed to yeah. X. <laughs> this is coming from uh, John Scrubbles over at IGN. Death Stranding has fallen slightly behind Kojima Productions' internally planned release date, according to the man in charge. Hideo Kojima made the statement in an interview with J-Wave. As translated by IGN Japan, Kojima explained, quote, It's common for studios to fall behind their planned release date, and Death Stranding is very slightly behind our initial plan, but not behind by much. Elsewhere in the interview, Kojima explains that the nature of making an open-world game means that he's constantly making adjustments and playtesting new versions. He also discussed the complicated nature of trying to explain a brand new game, because it's quote only visible inside me what <laughs> what the hell i get that i get that it's like conceptualized in his brain and it might be hard to relate to other people um and don't sa- defend him and says that a new game is quote high risk um while much of that game is still a mystery here's what we know death Stranding is still being built uh using the proprietary decima engine which horizon zero dawn used yeah. it hopes to boast a large social multiplayer functionality that has yet to be detailed what Still don't know how that's going to play out. The first two hours have been demoed by multiple parties, including devs at Guerrilla Games and Jordan Vaught Roberts, and has received high praise so I love far. that guy. He's great. He's going to, what, do the Metal Gear movie? Yeah, yeah. He's Hell directing yeah. it. Fuck, Fuck yeah. yeah. And while there's much speculation to whether it will be a PS4 title or a PS5 launch title, or maybe a little bit of both, no official date has officially been confirmed. Yeah, okay. 
So first of all, I didn't know it was open world. Like I had no you didn't idea. Know that? Like I maybe I heard it at one point. I did know there was going to be an online social component. Yeah. And I didn't know what the fuck that meant because Kojima kept on saying it's about connections, mm-hmm. and then he would fade in the mist. <laughs> <laughs> Like I don't, I don't know what this game is, but I'm fascinated by every little like screenshot or video that I see. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be cool, no doubt. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be like you know a flop in any sort of way. It has to really suck, like really like you get it in your hands and you want to throw the controller bad. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kojima is going to do that, man. Especially from uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even a big fan of that game, just um, conceptually, but the gameplay was rock fucking solid yeah so do that i think historically those games have not played bad even though they're not like my type of games i'll always say that like the metal gear games like really aren't for me a little too heady way too many cutscenes. you don't like the suedo science and the the fucking suedo pseudo Pseudo. suedo science Ooh, we just made a new brand name (laughs) um you you don't like uh the the vampire floating man and the techno sci-fi and um I think there's like the lizard invasion conspiracy happens in part two. You don't like any? Oh, of that? I didn't know there was a, a V tie-in. That's cool. Yeah, big V tie-in. Yeah. Well, yeah. listen. So the backdrops of those games have been cool. The neo sci-fi, all that shit. Like it's neat, but like some of it just loses me. And I yeah. don't like the tactical aspect, you know, like that never landed with me. Although I had some fun times with like Sons of Liberty, whatever. Maybe that's why I've always been, you know, kind of pushing for kojima like hey make something that isn't about a man in a sneaking suit yes please give us that game and here we are mm-hmm. we have a game i think it's gonna be super interesting it's got guillermo del toro it's got uh uh make beta make beatus Reedus. <laughs> norman fetus there you go norman fetus uh, uh, it's got the one chick from blue is the warmest color i think her name's leah sado what is that movie it's a, a french movie about two lesbian lovers oh nice oh, yeah not seen this. there's a lot of sex scenes there's a lot of them yeah wow yeah can i see this it's on Netflix, or it was on Netflix for a long time. Is it anything time. like Blue Velvet? I've never seen Blue Velvet. Blue is in the name, so is yes. It, is it anything like Blue Crush? <laughs> no. Is it anything like Into the Blue? Is it is anything, anything like, like Blue, Blue Streak? Blue <laughs> no. Blue Streak no. is a legit movie. Dude. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I've been... my Blues Brothers? Of... <laughs> <laughs> Death Stranding has been one of those things that like I just don't know how I feel about it. I'm definitely intrigued yeah. by it. It's definitely like an interesting concept, and like the tech... Like, demo that they uh, showed us at E3 was really, really great. I yeah. Was like, this game looks fucking visually impressive. And, like, the more they um, roll out with it, I'm just like, yes, 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 I'm intrigued. I still don't know what the fuck it is. Like, you don't, but I'm into it. I think the make or break moment is when they finally roll out. Mm-hmm. Here is some gameplay. Yeah. Here's some actual gameplay. No cutscene. Mm-hmm. No no weird 1960 song playing over yeah. it. Give us what the gameplay is. And then I think people are going to kind of decide from there, like, this is for me, mm-hmm. or what the fuck are you thinking? So far, I've had a lot of trouble distinguishing where some of the cutscenes are and where the gameplay is, because a lot of it looks very seamless. Have we seen game? I don't think that was I mean, gameplay. We right? saw just Norman like, Reedus with a backpack and a baby in it. walking. Yeah, just walking. I don't know if that's... Is that gameplay? It's, I mean, technically, is this it's a gameplay. Decima-built walking sim? Uh, it, could, it could be the most expensive walking simulator <laughs> ever made. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I kind of want it. <laughs> My big question for you, and I asked yeah. you this once before, um, yeah. where do you think this is going to land? Do you think it's going to be like an ended PS4 lifecycle game, or do you think it's going to launch with PS5? 
Um, because like we've seen like cross-gen games like that, like Breath of the Wild. I think it's pretty safe to say it's going to be in PS5 because mm-hmm. the game's not going to come out until 2027. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's out there. Might might be a PS6. Yeah. I think Cyberpunk game. is yeah. going to come out before this. Cyberpunk 2 will be out by the time <laughs> fucking Death Stranding. No, I I think it might be like you're saying that kind of cross-generational thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think we're going to see it on PS4. But there's also going to be the enhanced version on okay. PS5. I think it'd be a bold fucking thing, however, for them to come out and say, hey, PS4 is going to start to fade out. Mm. The beginning of the end for PS4. Sure, as they sunset it. PS5 is going to have this fucking, I, I talked about it in a previous episode, this slobber knocker uh, launch lineup of Death Stranding, The Last of Us Part 2, mm-hmm. Ghost of Tsushima, and just say, like, if you want to be there, it's there. Mm-hmm. You know? You get with the future. Yeah. But I... I don't know. I only feel like one of those is coming out for the PS4. I feel like the other two are probably going to lean hard into being like PS5 launch titles. Which for me, I think PS... I still think The Last of Us 2 is coming out this year. There's been some speculation that it might come out in like October or November of this year. I don't not see it. Especially especially with Days Gone coming out in April. Mm -hmm. It might be far enough away for people to not like merge those ideas in their mind. Plus, Last of Us is a bigger name nonetheless. Yes, yes, yes. So I... Maybe... Maybe. I don't know. I think we're going to hear a lot from Sony this year. Mm-hmm. Not at E3 like Not they confirmed, but I, yeah. I do think they're going to do some sort of event where we're finally going to get the fucking answers that we've been yeah. wanting, which are release dates and what is the PS5 and why we should care. Fuck yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. And I think them not going to E3 is them saying that we need to work on that messaging. We need to make it mm-hmm. like a fucking atom bomb essentially mm-hmm. so well we'll see i'm excited yeah i'm excited for it do you think this is gonna sell units it's gonna be an absolute unit <laughs> wait what and do you think death stranding is gonna sell units uh that's gonna, like not by itself okay like not at launch i don't know if people are gonna want to buy just that game no nope. no nope. yeah the like kojima said, fans for sure like i said the ps5 launch lineup has to be like this fucking that holy triad yep it's got to okay. be the avengers of launch lineups. oh my god it really has honestly to be. if ps5 came out with fucking ghost of shishima the last of us part two and fucking uh death Stranding, that'd be the biggest launch lineup i've ever seen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. knock my dick off knock that dick <laughs> we always talk about dicks yeah. on this, this podcast so um like that's boy. the end of our written news i guess we, right, should, bye, we should say that um i guess a loose number nine here um gearbox <laughs> is teasing borderlands something yeah, Gearbox has been tweeting out some uh, shit about they're going to be at PAX East. Mm-hmm. I forget when that is. The end of March, I believe. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a panel. And they sent out uh, an image of what looks like a Borderlands-style kind of situation with a, uh, uh, what do you call it, like a highway board, mm-hmm. highway sign? A billboard? A billboard. There we go. That says, like, Exit 3. And like, oh, oh, what could it mean? I think it means Half-Life 3, to be honest with you. <laughs> but it could be Borderlands. Okay. And then they showed a really blurry image that looks like it was taken from Borderlands 2 because it is Maya, the mm-hmm. character exactly as she is in borderlands 2 and then an area from borderlands 2 so i think that means we get an imminent switch announcement is happening and i don't think they're being coy about that like that that's that's got to be happening that'd be big they've already ported that fucking game to absolutely every platform in existence so have we ever seen a gearbox game on a nintendo console i don't think so uh wow good question yeah i don't think so either if it I mean, maybe Battleborn came out for 3DS. I don't remember. Anyway. <laughs> it probably sold there more than anywhere else. <laughs> but that's not... It's not just Borderlands that they're teasing. Apparently, they have another game, and all they advertised was a fucking ampersand saying, like, hey, we're going to announce another game at, at oh, PAX Boston. So I'm, like a new IP? Yeah, maybe it could be a new IP. It could be Borderlands 
and Battleborn. <laughs> <laughs> the Super B game. B and B, dog. Pitchford won't let it die. <laughs> no, no. But hey, if you want to know any more information about it, just go hit up the Medieval Times and see if there's any kind of files lying around. Oh my god. <laughs> Get yourself a demo build of Borderlands 3. <laughs> and some really weird magic porn. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, goodness. So let's 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 end the episode with us talking a little bit about what we've been playing. Little game side powwow. You've been playing more video games than I because I've been just drinking a path across Cork, Ireland for the last week. What have you been getting down on? I mean, that's not to say that I haven't been drinking myself into my own bed, but, you know. Yeah, well, you know, similar thing, different results. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I went on a gaming fucking bender uh, over the week that you were gone. Where where should I start? I don't know. I played a bunch of Celeste, um, got harder into that game, got through actually almost all the B-sides except the level 8 B-side, and then I'm going to beat that and then work through the seasides. I'm about three trophies away from the platinum. Oh, shit. Yeah, I've been working hard on that one. God damn, dude. Yeah, I almost have all the strawberries. It's a tough game. You always Actually, like that weird 2D challenge. Yeah, It's like know. your favorite challenge to it take is. on. It yeah. really, really is. That's why I'm stoked about the messenger. I don't know. I think it's going to call to me. Raise an interesting thing, though. Um, I wanted to put this out as a poll, actually, because I'm working towards huh. the platinum, and I want... Like some of them, I, some of the things for the game I had to look up, like how to get some of the crystal hearts, because a lot of it's just kind of like it breaks my mind to figure out how to figure out some of the solutions how to get them. Because um, some of them were locked behind like puzzles, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna look them up. But like, it begs the question: like, do people typically like to tread a path of a platinum on their own merit, or do they like to look stuff up? Like, when you try to platinum a game, do you try and do it all on your own, or do you like to like you know use a guide? Typically? I think I get as far as possible in a game uh, mm-hmm. without even kind of worrying about the trophy list like i try to enjoy the game for what it is first mm-hmm. and then when i say to myself i want to get that platinum okay i kind of hunt it down and i'll start maybe looking at guides especially when it comes to like collectibles and okay. shit there's no way in some of these fucking games there's no way that i'm gonna naturally come upon some fucking like trinket that's hidden underneath a rock that i had to kick kick a, a another fucking rock five miles away to make that move how yeah. would i have known that like shit like that that's true. Like I, so i i definitely look up guides for uh okay. for that kind of shit because there's still an amount of effort required on you yeah you still have to have the skill set like look at bloodborne for instance okay still need a good fucking skill set even if you know exactly where to go and exactly what to do your ass can still get trounced that's true so you still got to be good at that game to get that platinum so yeah. that, that's how i feel about i think it. back in the day i was a, i was very prideful about it. i'm like i'm not gonna use a fucking strategy guy but it's like yeah. i don't know i'm an adult now and it's like yes i'm playing this fucking game i'm putting my time into it and it's like i need to look up how to find one little thing i don't well, think it's like I the mean, war- what about some of the hidden trophies too like how would you have ever have known that's that like true. this is a thing that you needed to do in a game if you didn't look it up you yeah know? so I, I i don't get too fucked up about that it's really about just earning it a true effort is needed yeah you know so i spent a lot of time with that while you're away i actually broke my mind on it and had to like walk okay, away from that game it's just it's very draining to do the same screens over and over and just the process of learning it and mastering it. it's like it's it wears on your mind it wears on your thumbs and i'm like yeah. all right whatever, whatever explains a hole in the wall yes we gotta <laughs> fucking plaster that it's a whole thing um i also played i don't know it's gonna be a weird rambling list i played transformers devastation because i had it for free i was just like i want something stupid and gamey and stupid and gamey is what i got with it's that. exactly what that yeah game it's i mean it's fun it's stylish but i probably spent like an hour and a half with it and i was like okay i got the experience you know i god i can't remember playing that game i tried to re- recommend um the war for cybertron games mm-hmm. i think they made two of them right yeah. uh those were very good because mm-hmm. they played like gears of war 
but you're a transformer. So it's like in Gears of War, Marcus Phoenix can't turn into a Mack truck to get away from a situation. Mm-hmm. So that's what made that game really uh, inventive. But I remember they kind of botched the port for PS4 because they did nothing. Okay. Nothing to it. They're that like, sucks. here you go. But they just upped the price of it. So it was like, <laughs> what the fuck, everyone? Wow. But High Moon Studios made those games when oh, okay. they were still a thing and Activision didn't lay off a bunch of their workers. Ooh. It's true. That's what they did. It's fucked up. They actually made great games back in the day. Pretty much an underutilized studio, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun for what it was. I don't think I'm going to go back to it pretty hard, but it, it was free like one of the months on PlayStation. So I was like, eh, let me Listen, take around man, with You this got it. Bit. You lived your life with it. That's it's, true. It, it's donezo. Um, what else did I play? I played some of the Final Fantasy 15 DLC because oh I was missing God, the boys. What? Yeah, I got into episode Gladiolus. God, I love those boys. It's cool. It's really cool. I haven't been too much into it, so I'm going to save my thoughts on it for later. Yeah. But I'm excited to get back into all that. Okay. I, saw, I wanted to play a Final Fantasy game, and I was I, like, I don't know. I got you, and 15 yeah. is the best Final Fantasy, so that makes sense. That's a very divisive statement. What do you mean? I love that game, though. Is it divisive? Yeah. Somebody got on me for divisive. It was probably Jess. Probably. <laughs> Word nerd. She'll text you about this later. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I went hard on some, like, Switch games here and there, um, where I tried Switching to- Switching it up, Switching huh? up a little bit. Yeah, I was like, all right, let me fucking lay in my bed and play video games close to my face. So I got the free trial for- What's different than what you do with your PlayStation? You <laughs> lay in your- <laughs> Actually, I don't I do not do the U thing. Like, I don't lay back. Like, I have to be, like, right in front of it. I have to be, okay. like, on my haunches playing okay, video games okay, like a fucking okay. animal. Why? Well, I, I lay on my tummy. I know what you do. I lay on my tummy and I, I play video games yeah. with my legs just kind of like <laughs> clicking together my heels clicking together i hear you yeah i hear those heel clicks all night click 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 so i got the free trial for nintendo online i was playing some tetris 99 fuck yeah because they did a big um what was it it was a big tournament that was going on to where you could win like gold like tet- uh, nintendo gold points i forgot what oh called. shit i missed yeah. out on that yeah you could win like a lot i think it was like ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. gold Gold can you get like a game whatever. with the gold? Yeah, you can you can buy stuff with it actually. Oh fuck. Yeah, yeah okay. it's pretty cool. They're like things that. you could redeem for points and then use them as currency basically. Um so I was like, all right, let me see if I can win. And I, I played a lot of it. I didn't place very high. I think the highest that I ended up getting was outside of the the three day tournament. I got four. And then this week I placed at one twice. I got I got number one. Got number one That's on that good, one? Yeah. Holy shit. But yeah. Holy th- shit over here. We it, got the, the Chetramino over here. T- yeah, man. So I've been having fun with that. I got a question for you. You brought this up to me I earlier did. today. I was I like, did. wait, what the fuck? Yeah. The individual blocks, the Tetraminos have names? Yes. So this is according to a Tetris manual that, that came out at some point. They have names. So Give them to me. The orange L block. Is named Orange Ricky. Orange Ricky. Yeah. The blue one is named Blue Ricky. Oh, of course, Blue Ricky. The Ricky, brothers. Ricky Martin, his brother. Uh, you have the onesie. That's not really distinguished by color. I think it's there's a a green one and a yeah, red the, one. The Z block. Yeah, the Z block. One is called the Cleveland Z. What? I don't know. Maybe it's a baseball term. Is that that sounds sexual? The, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna give you the Cleveland the Z. The Cleveland Z. <laughs> and then we have the Rhode Island Z, which seems a little more geographic. Yeah, that one. Mm, yeah. That one seems functional. The T piece. The one that you do the T-spins with is called Tiwi. Yeah. Excuse me? Tiwi Herman, we're going to call him. Tiwi Herman. Yeah. He's ah. a Tiwi. Uh, the, ah. <laughs> the block is called Smash Boy, which is my favorite. Smash Boy! <laughs> it's just a fat square block. I've got a Smash Boy here. And then the, the long one, which we always pray for, pray for the long. It's called Hero. It's a hero? It's a, the name is Hero. <laughs> Dude, this sounds like a... It, it sounds like like Misfits. You remember the show Misfits? Hell yeah, I remember that. If everyone shows. had a name, it was like, Oi, bro, we got Smash Boy over here. <laughs> Misfits is a great Smash show. Boy. This is Orange Ricky. This is Blue Ricky. <laughs> 
We're gonna use our powers and we're gonna save the fucking day. Get out of this juvie, eh? <laughs> I fucking love it, dude. Yeah. So I played a bunch of that. That broke my mind when I saw the fucking Tetris manual. I was like, holy shit. I think somebody tweeted it. I was like, I gotta talk about this real quick. I know, buddy. Um, and then I dipped into some of the the NES catalog that's on sure. there as well. Little virtual console. It's not the virtual console. What do they call it? The NES. Uh, it's the Nintendo Switch Online something. Yeah. So I played some Ninja Guide and played some Zelda. I played some Mario 2. Just ticked around with all of them for a little bit. Just be like, yeah, let's see what these are about. And I like it. I like yeah, it. I don't know. It's it's fun. You've been playing Anthem? I have been playing it. So this is the big build-up. This, this is, is the one that I've actually want to get into. This one? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I spent 10 to 15 hours with Anthem. I played a little bit with Dave. Played a little bit by myself. Haven't streamed it because I really didn't want to have to worry about juggling that experience while right. streaming. What you told me sounded fun, but it seemed like you were losing a lot of the story and narrative beats uh, between like having... Oh, correct. Yeah, between managing your Twitch chat and also like just being in a party. It yeah, seems like a lot. Because, like, they, your party doesn't know when you're engaging with somebody in Fort Tarsus, yeah. like, having a conversation. So they're just talking over the entire time. And I'm not, not, I'm not about to be like, hey, guys, wait, 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 wait. BioWare wrote this for mm. a reason? And I need you to shut the fuck up while it's ha- like that. That's not going to happen, you yeah. know? It's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, I miss it, I miss it. That's true. <laughs> you know, it, it just doesn't seem like one of those things. Like, how did you not think that that would be the occurrence for an online multiplayer game? Mm-hmm. I, we had the same questions with Fallout 76 where it's like, how do you expect players to sit there and listen to, like, fucking five minutes of dialogue when they're in a goddamn party? Uh, the thing is, we didn't. We missed a lot of it. Yeah, exactly. And I you really... Miss it. I didn't want to miss a lot of with this because I wanted that core bio experience that i knew was there i know there's a dichotomy with the game it's half bioware experience half online experience right um and i wanted to see what that felt like so i did the intro missions by myself uh, like the first hour so i just kind of soaked in the world the opening cinematic and i was i was kind of taken by it immediately i was like this is really cool right on um that that first weekend i actually didn't have any crashes <laughs> i was kind of taken by the gameplay the story and world i thought was pretty intriguing although it's like a lot of stuff that i don't feel largely invested in yet because i'm still early on in it but it's typical bioware fair it's like a lot of characters a lot of science fiction lore and i'm like yeah this is neat how do you feel about the jabs the jabs are so fucking cool there you go that is that is the (laughs) success story of anthem what's your favorite jab so far um so i think you might have talked about the last time the route you went i went interceptor first yeah um i I went to storm yeah yeah, i made him kind of green and white and silver i made him look like genji from overwatch oh my god and i'm up there double jumping in the air fucking dash and having fun and interceptor's a blast yeah super agile i like the uh move sets and abilities and it's really cool and i found myself with that class hinging on the gunplay a little more because with interceptor interesting because like interceptor i just view as like totally melee really yeah i mean i did a lot of melee too but i also i use the gun set a lot more right i think it's because when i went to storm by comparison which is the second uh jab that i went with that felt more ability based with the powers and stuff like that i felt like i really needed to use the kit and skill set there a lot more that makes sense yeah yeah um yeah you rely more on your uh your science magic i'm not sure how you define it like your abilities essentially and with storm it's cool because like you get really like kind of caught up in like the combos and like using the elemental abilities back to back and really fucking up enemies and then like yeah i did all the shit i go in with a melee and then i kill him off with my fucking my assault rifle and i don't know it all feels really good so far in that regard so gameplay's cool. Navigating's fun. Flying is a blast. Dave like watched me yeah. dolphin fly for fucking like hours. He's <laughs> like, I just see you up there having fun. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm living my best life right now. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's all really cool. I feel like some of the world is gonna run its course really soon in terms of the open world. Mm-hmm. I think it it 
It's very samey. Yeah, it's very homogenized. I don't feel like there's a lot of diversity. You go to a lot of ruins. You get sent on a lot of missions to find like artifacts or runes or whatever. Um, or, yeah, there's a lot of that shit where it's like I got enough of that from Destiny. Yeah. where everyone's talking about runes and everyone mm-hmm. has this weird like pronoun name, the Monitor, and yeah, and stuff like that. You're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, the Monitor's what is the big villain in this one i guess yeah. yeah where i could see it i could see him as being a threat but i also felt like the threat in destiny 2 was a lot more imminent in some ways mm-hmm. i don't know so i like a lot of that stuff i i think a lot of what i like more than exploring the world though is like some of the person-to-person interactions being in fort tarsus um i will say i hate being in first person yeah it is nauseating walking around in first person i didn't think it would be that bad but i had a point where i was playing i was like i actually kind of feel sick really you're yeah getting nauseous from the first person a little bit yeah just because of the way it moves i'm just like uh but some of the characters you come across there and build relationships with are really cool and then you got you do loyalty missions for them whether it's the sentinels or the architects or i forget what the other one is yeah i forget too. um Ow, fuck you cat and that stuff is that stuff's neat that's that's the bioware stuff i was looking for um a lot of binary conversation choices that don't feel very meaningful at all but I, I imagine you can't manage conversation trees the same way in a single-player nope. game like you could this. Nope. So it's, nope. it's a little different there. I I feel you. Like, <laughs> I'm glad that you're enjoying it more. Uh, and again, like, I've had fun with it. Yeah. I've definitely had fun with it. I have issues with it. And some of them are understandable and obvious where it's, mm-hmm. like, the, the glitches and the crashes and the loading times. The amount of, like... Yeah, I've, I've had some good times. I've had some bad times. I've had some crash times. I've had some load times. Um, <laughs> and again, what I've noticed, just like you were saying, like, hey, I've kind of got into it playing like alone. Mm-hmm. It seems like the ideal state to play the game is to not jump into a party with your friends, mm-hmm. but to just um, um, matchmake online with strangers mm-hmm. that you just turn off their mics. Yeah. Because it's the only way to get the story because there's a lot of squawking over fucking comms, something mm-hmm. that was interesting introduced in borderlands and we haven't figured out a better way yeah. to, to work with since that and there's a lot of like going back to fort tarsus and just having these slow kind of conversations and mm-hmm. not to say that they're boring or anything they're good it's just that if i'm in the online environment it is an interruption no they're definitely time consuming like mm-hmm. i i played with dave and he re- he made a second character just to kind of pace with me which i thought yeah. was pretty cool so we were experiencing a lot, a lot of the same missions and things at the same time and we were talking the same characters at the same rate but like sure. we would legit come back from a mission and i'd spend probably like 20 to 30 minutes in fort tarsus just cleaning up on conversations and finding items and relics and this and that and just like building up my quest log and i'm like this took a while right it's a tale of two games yeah. almost in that way where it's like oh th- this doesn't really blend nicely into the other where mm-hmm. i think destiny have l- had less of an issue with that because mm-hmm. when you went to like the hub world or whatever you know quest givers would be like here's what's up here's a good joke here's some snappy dialogue yeah. go do your thing and it wasn't like a huge interruption to the flow of me being online me mm-hmm. being with friends or anything like that whereas bioware is like no 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 you have to sit down with a good book and get yourself a scotch when you talk to these characters <laughs> you know so that's that's kind of tough yeah. not to say it's a bad thing but it it's definitely an uneven flow when yes. it comes to pacing yeah i'll give i'll give you that because yeah. you could spend like uh 30 45 minutes out in uh what's it called bastion yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the world. And I'm not sure if it's the continent, the planet. I, yeah. I'm confused. There's a lot of words for stuff out there. And it's like, it's too much to take in. Yeah. Because it really does feel like restarting a Destiny game where yeah. it's like, ugh, what's everything? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And like, they talk a lot about events that you don't see or people that you don't meet. And you're just kind of like, 
question marks galore and it's like am i getting lore or am i just getting like squawked at again i mean they do talk about some characters that you meet in like the opening moments right. um a lot here and there and i'm like oh that's cool that they build that um the impact of what happened in the opening moments of the game with the mm-hmm. titans and your original crew and i'm like this is kind of cool but yeah i can see that there's definitely some like especially if you're not familiarized with the lore and the words and mm-hmm. the the nomenclature of anthem it's like a lot of it seems foreign and weird and you're like i don't yeah. know any of this shit i definitely again i definitely don't hate it and yeah. i don't think it's like this horrible disaster i think its launch is very very rough yes. to a point where it's like hey no it shouldn't have it shouldn't have gone down this yeah. way and i think it's upsetting that a lot of the changes that will make anthem like an absolute favorite of mine probably won't happen until months and months and months from no, now probably which is not. kind of upsetting to me but at the same time i gotta ask you do you think uh you think you're in it for the long haul is this a game that you're gonna like or have like touch points with like maybe come back to every couple of months to see where it's at i like it enough to say that now but it's also hard to know because i like monster hunter world a lot and there were a lot of events that happened throughout the course of the last year where i really wanted to touch down with them that i just didn't go back to like the final fantasy one the assassin's creed one even the fucking witcher 3 event where you get to play as Geralt. like i was like that sounds all of that sounds cool but it was just like oh man i've been away from monster hunter for so long that it's like it's gonna be a learning curve just getting back into the flow of that game Monster Hunter World's control scheme is like any other game I've played, so it really is like rewiring my brain every time I sit down with that game. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's a little complicated. Whereas Anthem, the gameplay is a lot more. It's a lot more user friendly. Like it all makes sense to me, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's great. Like it's it feels, a shooter. yeah, it feels great to play, and all of it's just laid out in a way that makes sense in terms of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't know. I like the way you can build your character in terms of like. Um, I know you're saying it's like you don't necessarily have like a leveling tree, but you get things that you get from loot drops that like make your build better, more tailored to you. Gear based. Gear yeah. based, yeah. And yeah. I, th- I think that works. Um, do I agree with always having to go to the forge? Yes and no. I don't think it's like always the most interrupted thing. Just put it in the menu. Yeah, that's my thing. Just put it in the menu. Yeah, I mean they have it on the the world map, which is fine. Mm. Eh. I agree. Yes, it could be just one of the tabs, and it would just make it that much easier. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but um, I kind of took my time away from it. Well, I'm sorry. I kind of stepped away from it for a few days because I wanted them to do the first big patch first, right? And smooth out some of the crashes and bugs. And I was like, all right, I'll come back to it. And I, I haven't touched it in a week, which is not to say that I don't want to play it because I do. It just I haven't really been feel. I haven't felt like gaming this week. So that's that's why I haven't touched it's it. It's been a rough week. I, yeah. I had a pretty yeah. fucking rough week too, where it was like gaming was the last thing. I've been yeah. passing out. Like my my biological clock is still fucked up. I'm waking up at like six a.m. Mm-hmm. and like staying at work to my usual time. So yeah. I'm just working more and then coming home and passing out in my clothes. Yeah, your schedule has been really weird lately, yeah. and your stream schedule has yeah. been like pushed like forward <laughs> most days, where it's like I see you streaming at seven instead of eight thirty. Because I I literally can't stay awake yeah. like past like eleven, so mm-hmm. I'm just like nah, I can't do it. Yeah, but. Um, but I do, I do like it. I just, I don't want to burn through it so fast that there's nothing for me is the thing. I think I'm really trying to pace myself and take my time with it. Cause I don't want to burn through it in two weeks and be like, well, that's it. I get that. Actually, yeah. that's kind of what I've been doing. I have not completed the story yeah. yet. So man, maybe we'll jump back into it. We will. We'll get we'll, back into those jabs. We'll, we'll get in those we actually, jabs. We'll slap each other. We around. haven't played together yet, which is, no, we haven't, which is crazy. Yeah. That happens a lot. It's fine. Yeah, I'm Tim's weird goodness. when it comes in. I, I say this apology to all my friends, to Dave, to to Brittany, to anybody who's ever wanted a game with me. Yeah, where it's no. like, I don't always like playing multiplayer games. I Sometimes yeah. I come home and I just want to play by myself. And it's it's not that I don't want to interact with people. It's just that like sometimes I like to just unplug and play. It's know? a different thing because it's like, ah, uh, now it's kind of a, I won't say an ordeal, but it's like mm-hmm. an arrangement where it's like, 
I got to be paying attention to this. You got to make call outs like, hey, I got to go take a shit real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, whereas, like, in other games, press pause. Cool. Mm-hmm. I can live my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. It's fine. Daniel. Sure. Let's let's wrap up with some shit I'm talking to. We'll get back to Anthem mm-hmm. a little bit more because I want to play with you. But I played two brand new games. Start with the smaller one. Start with the one of that you, you played on the plane. I played Ape Out. Ape Out's a cool game, dude. But it's kind of shallow of a game. Okay. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just uh, it's short and you kind of get the point within the first, mm-hmm. I would say, hour and a half of like, this is what it's going to be. And there is, it doesn't really, the experience doesn't really grow from there, but it's a really cool game. If you don't know, it's a top-down action game where you play as a gorilla or an ape mm-hmm. that is escaping from <laughs> somewhere. And the somewhere could be a laboratory, a skyscraper. Uh, at one point, you go through, like, this woods area, which is really cool with, like, dude with flamethrowers. And Surprise there are no zoos. Uh, I can't say that that isn't true. Hmm. I need to check again. Okay. Usually I'm just distracted by like what you do is you either you, you have a bunch of dudes that are facing you down like hotline Miami style. But what you do is you either grab the motherfucker, use him as a human shield or you throw the motherfucker. And then sometimes you just punch them. You just punch them into mm-hmm. a wall and they splatter. And it's the most satisfying thing in the world. Now, the really cool element of the game is that it has this uh, jazz soundtrack that underscores it that reacts to every hit and punch Ooh, that you do. Like so, that. like, the drums, like, kick in and do crazy shit. It's really cool that way. Very super stylistic. Very, it has this um, kind of almost art pastel style to it. So you're seeing, like... It, everything like moving almost if it was made in construction paper paper come to life mm-hmm. shit like that it's a very unique style i haven't quite seen a yeah, game like that it's a really neat looking game but again like i said it just you kind of see everything you need to see within like an hour and 30 minutes mm-hmm. and there's only about four different chapters with multiple levels i okay. believe in each um Oddly, just like a Celeste, uh, just like Celeste, it does the whole like B side A side thing. Oh, really? I don't know why video games are picking this up again. <laughs> I think it's just cool. It's an easy way yeah. to kind of flip assets and do something more with it, sure. like give more replay value. I I guess, but it I do recommend it. I think it's only like fourteen ninety nine, and it's a pretty solid experience. Apparently, X Harmonics developers made it, so mm-hmm. that's why it's kind of music based. But it it's not a rhythm game. Just no, no, get, no. It, that's just style. It's there for style. But um, it's cool. Is it Devolver Digital published? Yes, it is. Okay. And I've been waiting a while for it because it looked like one of the coolest fucking games. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, there's not that much to chew into in that game. Mm. So we'll see. Maybe they'll come out with extra shit for it. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't beaten it because I was just like, yeah, I kind of get the point. We recorded super late the last time we sat yeah. down. It was like super late on a Friday. And then after we like recorded, you're like, I want to show you this game because you've been talking to me about it like, yeah. all day. And I was like, this looks like a blast. It is, it's, it is a blast. But it's I, really fun. But like, I could see it being kind of like one and done. Or like you said, like once you see yeah. the first hour and a half, you've seen the last hour and a half. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like it really doesn't switch it up. Like sometimes like enemies get to a point where it's like they either they shoot at you. Mm-hmm. But they go from pistols to shotguns to flamethrowers, and then some of them explode. So you have to like switch up your strategy, where it's like, hey, if I punch this guy, he'll explode on me. I so. forget. Do you get to use the weapons against them? Um, if you grab an enemy, mm-hmm. he fires immediately in like the opposite direction. So you can use an enemy to kill other guys. Okay. So that's how you use it. You can't just grab a weapon though. There's no like grabbing okay. anything beyond grabbing like doors you can like pull off and throw back at people and then throw it at them or mm-hmm. use it as a shield but that's like few and far between but it's a fun game i i recommend it but 
only with the understanding that like hey you're gonna get a few hours of giggles out of it and then mm-hmm. probably move on it's not gonna be one of those things where you like intensively keep on going back to yeah. it what does switch it up a little bit is that it is procedurally generated the oh. levels will always be the same but the enemies are well actually no the levels switch up too i think okay but the the enemies switch up as well but it's Doesn't fun. it chart your progress too on like the mini map where it shows your yeah. pathway of like progress? Yeah, when you die, it shows you like how far you got with like mm-hmm. a line over the map, and like you see like oh fuck, I was so close. Like most of the time, like you get, I usually get to like two thirds and go fucker. That's cool, but I could see it be kind of like frustrating. <laughs> it gets frustrating, but yeah. it it's a good game. It's a good game. Okay, there you go. I want to hear about a game that I thought would be great for you, uh, but it's just fine. <laughs> you keep saying it's just fine. People are acting like Devil May Cry Five is like the second coming for capcom and i'm just like um i get it i see what you want let me i think i said it earlier this is definitely one for the fans and i do mean if you're a fan of actually specifically if you're a fan of like part three Mm -hmm. this game is for you okay not to say that i think it's like oh it matches that level of like difficulty or anything i just mean the style is there it it, it's it's ham-fisted it's very it's like an anime come alive and that's what that's what the majority of Devil May Cry fans really appreciate. If you actually go back to part one, it's actually, it's 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 kind of a gothic action game with some humor inter- interlaced. Okay. By the time we got to three, because part two was morose, like super morose, no jokes, no nothing. Okay. The people hated part two. Part three came and brought that fucking pizza chewing Dante who's wisecracking like he's Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And that is, the, that is the through line that fans like. And of course, everyone hates DMC, even though it's the most perfect game ever made. Uh, <laughs> and so part five kind of carries on with that. Of course, it's more modern than that. Um, I just got what, what are my feelings? Here we go. It's fine. The game is fine. I don't dislike it. I just don't appreciate the elements that other fans like. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like that over-the-top anime-ness to it. In fact, okay. that's why I really love Ninja Theory's take, where it was like, let's ground this, but still make it fucking stylized. Mm-hmm. It was like a big fuck you, but fans misinterpreted that fuck you as being directed toward them. Okay. No, it was just like a fuck you to, like, standard action games by being so solid <laughs> and also having this really offbeat, crazy story that just... Like something like Quentin Tarantino on a fucking coke binge made before <laughs> Japan locked him up. <laughs> Taki no. Taki no. But um, yeah, part part five, you play as uh, three different characters. Uh, you start with Nero, who's from part four. Okay. His whole thing is that he lost the fucking arm and he uses like these robotic arms that are, are part of the gameplay. Some of them are cool, actually. Mm-hmm. You get one called Punchline that literally just launches the fucking fist where it just endlessly, endlessly punches enemies in the face. <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, so he's the one that they made the Mega Buster for, right? Yes, okay. exactly. So that that's actually kind of cool. And uh, Johnny Ambosh plays him, who's a great voice actor, used to be a Power Ranger, by the okay. way. Yeah. Um, and then you get to play as Dante eventually, who's very reminiscent of how he played in part four, which was mm-hmm. very reminiscent of how he played in part three. They really didn't switch him up, okay. but the, I think that's okay. And then you play as a new character called V. Mm. V sucks. <laughs> That's it, guys. V sucks. Don't come at me. Don't try to tell me some shit that, like, oh, he's pretty neat. This motherfucker, <laughs> this Adam Driver-looking motherfucker is... is so, first of all, he's, he's a got tattooed the face emo boy. Of like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Steve Tyler. Steve Tyler? He's got that... Oh, oh he's all mouth. mouth. Yeah, he's, he's... 20% of his face is mouth. More. More than that? 60%. 40% and 60% of his face is mouth. So, fucking... 
this guy goes around like reciting poetry like he's goddamn Brendan Lee from The Crow, first of all. And like he talk he talks like this. Ah uh, yes, looks like the devil's out there. He's to not play even today. making this up. Like it sucks. Everything about his character sucks. But you're thinking like, oh well, maybe you know his combat's good. <laughs> you stupid bitch. Of course his <laughs> of course his combat's bad. His combat is that he summons two demons. One's a fucking panther, and the other is a talking bird who apparently is Gilbert Gottfried from uh, Aladdin. Yeah. Now the bird does like some some um, long range attacks, and then the panther does close range attacks. But the weird thing is, you're still controlling V and not really those animals. So you're standing there trying to evade enemy attacks, mm-hmm. while hopefully y- your fucking animal friends hit enemies for you. Sometimes they don't, and sometimes they can actually get like um, their health depleted, where they have to have a cooldown. They're just like dead on the ground, and you mm-hmm. have to wait for them to come back. So you're fucking defenseless. It is dumb. It does not feel good. It feels like some defunct version of Chaos Legion. I don't know who remembered that Capcom made that game, but you fucking did the wrong thing by bringing it back in DMC Five. That's honestly like eighty percent of what I watched you play today was were the V segments, and I was just like, this looks like oddly passive and weird gameplay situations I, I, to be in. Yeah, it's strangely passive and makes you feel disconnected from the combat. Yeah. I want to put my fucking head through a wall every time the game tells me I need to play as V. Mm-hmm. It sucks, man. Well, I get like he feels like he's kind of built like a mage in the way he like has like sort of like yeah. summons and distal attacks, but it's like you don't you have no physical reach he, with yeah, anything. he has no melee attacks himself yeah. he depends on his animal friends like he's a fucking beast master yeah. it's, it's it's not it's a jungle book yeah so the game's been really uneven for me i haven't really been like diving into it like the story is nonsensical and, and then it's told in a non-sequential order mm-hmm. it thinks it's cool by doing that but it's actually just confusing because i'm just like who's this who's this who's this like every other scene we have um we have Nero's partner, Nico, who is a hillbilly suicide girl who apparently is driving around in an RV that is a mobile version of the Devil May Cry agency of, of four hired demon hunters. Yeah, so this is when I asked you about the new concept. I asked you. you about the lore where I was like, are they like the Scooby gang? Like, are they like <laughs> demon hunters on the go? And you're like, yeah, so they yeah. basically have, like, have their own demon hunting agency. Yeah, well, Dante had his own yeah. where he would just sit and kind of wait for people to drop cases on his lap Mm -hmm. and then uh i guess nero at some point was like i'm gonna do like a mobile version of this you know like the uber devil may cry and i do mean like uber slash (laughs) lift style of it and that's kind of cool i much prefer playing as nero versus v his segments are more entertaining but it's Mm -hmm. it's Otherwise, it's very much classic Devil May Cry. You get into big old rooms, you suddenly get locked, like an invisible yes. barrier shows up, and then you gotta fucking kill everything in that room. I like that. That's always been Devil May Cry. Mm-hmm. I've always loved that. That's why I love hack and slash genre. Mm-hmm. So that's still there for me. I'm still having fun with it, but again, I, I don't think it's like this fucking reckoning for the series. Mm. I've But then again, I'm not the fan that they're playing to. I'm the fan that loved it when they shook it up with DMC. Okay. I'm not the one that fucking got so mad because my beloved weeb genre was thrown away. Like, I, that's not me. So I recommend it if you like any of the old ones. If you're looking for a sequel to DMC, it'll never fucking happen because mm. there is no justice in this world. None. <laughs> I'll have more to report on Devil May Cry okay. 5 when I beat it. I had heard so much universal praise for it while you were gone. And like, I think I texted you while you were in Ireland. I was like, I think you're going to you're gonna really like 
DMC5 from what I'm hearing. I felt the same way about the demo, too. Yeah. Remember that? I played the oh, demo, yeah. and I was just like, eh, you didn't I don't t- know. You played it, and you didn't even talk about it on the show, because nope. it was so lackluster. For yeah, you. I was just like, whatever. I didn't think about it. I was like, maybe I was in the wrong state of mind. Maybe. But then I like played more of the game, and I'm just like, ugh, I don't know. I'm not there for it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, from what I'm hearing, like for the most part, the gameplay is good. I like the idea that like there's just sort of like a game that isn't too over the top in terms of like I don't know environments or open worldy aspects. That it's really just like pathway to room to bosses yep. to enemies. To, it's just like fight, 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 cutscene, go, go, go. And you I like that. Love DMC. Like I just sometimes I want a game like that to just like encounter after encounter and just very gamey. And like this seems like it was going to be that and. I like a lot of the enemy designs and a lot of the designs I'm seeing. It looks oh yeah, like, they're cool. The yeah. graphics are awesome. It's really impressive that RE Engine has developed both this game and yes. Resident Evil 2. It was just like, whoa, whoa. You can tell that that is built in the RE Engine. And Versatile. Yes. Versatile, man. That's the only V I like in this game. <laughs> you tell me though that you weren't really vibing on the camera too well for a lot of the like, camera's kind of awkward. Okay. Camera's kind of awkward, especially when the environments get a little tighter. Like the camera just like makes choices for you mm. that feel very just like, ugh, this this isn't as good as it could be but i mean overall yeah i i think there's there's a great game here mm-hmm. i'm just not vibing on elements that i think for the next fan they would definitely love okay. they would love like the over the top you know shit they would love the the fan servicey like lady being naked at some point in the mm-hmm. game they're gonna love that shit they're gonna love seeing trish they're gonna love dante just being dante you yeah. know like it that's i think it's for the fans okay but I'm not necessarily that kind of Devil May Cry fan. In fact, I love the original, mm. the gothic horror kind of action game that just we walked away from. And I love what DMC did, which was just subversive, in your face, and interesting. This one isn't very interesting to me. Okay. That's it. Hmm. Do you think it's a little bit of your mindset from coming back from Ireland? You got this kind of like weird mood. You're kind of down and out. Like, do, do you think if you came back in a better mindset or if things like, if you felt better, like you think it, it, the experience would be less a little better? Interesting question. I don't know. Um, Sorry. I kind of like stumbled with my, my question, but yeah. No, no. I know what you mean. <laughs> I, I've been having a rough time acclimating coming, coming back from somewhere that I actually felt really at home yeah. at. Uh, maybe, maybe that's having an effect on the games that I play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. I actually want to pick up the division two today and okay. see if I like get into that at all. And I also still want to play Devil May Cry five a little bit more. Cause I was playing it earlier today and it was like, eh, it's fine. I really hate it when I play as V, but ugh, the rest of the game is fine. But when you got to Dante, cause I saw that happen. Yeah. Does th- did that feel more familiar? Did that feel better? It was fine. Okay. Damn. <laughs> Damn it. Like that's all I can ever get from you. I'm like, so are there any parts of it that are good here or great? You're like, it's the, fine. Here's the Capcom captain's truth. Here he is. No single part of Devil May Cry 5 feels better than what Ninja Theory did in my mind. Mm. I think Ninja Theory fucking hit it on the head and people just did not like the aesthetic change. Okay. The gameplay is beyond sound in that game. Their action, their platforming, their combat was amazing. And I think part 5 is carrying the torch from what 3 and 4 did okay. without really taking a lot of the lessons of what Ninja Theory tried to lay out for them. That's what I feel. Hmm. I feel that it's a continuation of something else. I I feel like that's a missed opportunity, whereas like a lot of studios would learn from in-between iterations or things that maybe a different studio did mm-hmm. and like kind of bake it into this experience. But like you were telling me that um, people over at Capcom like really don't like what Ninja Theory did to the point where like they wanted to quit the project. It's weird. Like <laughs> one producer on the project really loved DMC and tried to like take elements from that into this game. So yeah. that's why I think Nero's much more of a 
a badass in this one. Okay. He definitely kind of actually resembles or like his attitude resembles what Dante was in DMC, Definitely Cry. But then there's another producer, Hideki Atsuno, who almost quit because of DMC. Jesus. Like he quit when it came out. He was like, I hate this direction. Bye. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that That's a story that just came out. I was like, oh, fuck. But they, they said, hey, you're really valuable. How do we keep you? And one of his requests was... I want complete control of this franchise. Okay. And that's what happened. And that's what we got. Well, I'm bummed that I can't borrow it from you. I'll have to fucking somehow <laughs> steal your hard drive and play it that borrow way. Borrow DMC. I think that's actually Don't what I'm going to do. Borrow yeah. DMC. I think I'm actually going to get into that this week because yes. the game I'm looking forward to that comes out on March 26th. Not so sorry. The game I'm looking forward to that comes out on March 22nd is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Ah, my, that's true. my weekend, my week after is booked. But I have a like a dead week where I'm like I could get into DMC real quick and just mm-hmm. burn through that because it's what like eight to ten hours maybe. Like yeah, the main yeah, campaign. yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 a burner. Yeah, come on, man, just do it. I've been talking about it. I'll do it. Okay, do here it, it is. Do I, it. Between now and the next time we sit down, I will have beaten DMC. Success. We will do it. I will do it for the Capcom captain. I'm gonna take you for a ride. <laughs> All right, you want to take us on a ride to the outro of this? You want to? This is the outro. Sad outro. Sad outro. Guys, really appreciate your ears. As always, like we said earlier, please evangelize for us or hit us up, actually. Again, you can find us on Twitter, at Save Room Show. Say some shit. Tell me why I'm wrong about Devil May Cry 5, Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you why you're more wrong. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) But otherwise, thank you for listening. Uh, I think that's all we got for you on this episode, man. Yeah. I think so. Crush it. Killed it. Crush it. Knuckle puck. Blah. 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 All right, guys. We'll catch you next All week. Right. Good night. <laughs>